0: Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans from this undisclosed bunker. Here's your host, Tony Reed.
1: Here's the bad side. Uh, that I always mitigate in these conversations because I want them to come on the show. You know there's systemic racism, Rick Santorum. You're going to try to say we're imperfect, uh, we have problems with racism. You don't want to say it. Why? Because the president won't say it. You want to say you agree with me so you don't sound like a fool, but you don't want to say the term because he won't say it, and that's their weakness.
2: They don't know. When has anyone ever admitted that they had a problem. Have you ever known, have you ever had a family member or a friend who had an issue, whether it's addiction or whatever it is, who admitted to it? People don't like to admit they have problems. So America has a problem with race. Rick says, "Okay, you know, uh, they want people to believe that racism. Yes, it's in pretty much everything. Look at how the country was founded. Look at what's happening on the streets of of American cities and not even not just playing out in America. Look at what's happening with monuments and statues. Look at what's happening. Look at what the president priorities. uh, Look what happens with pay, with lending, with all sorts of things, housing,
1: housing,
2: all of it. And so to pretend that it doesn't exist, and to come up with some boogeyman about critical race theory, there are people who are out there. I'm sure young people or people who haven't been involved in the political conversation who think that this is something new. It is not. It is another boogeyman. You have, a, a, you but know, it a, works every time. Some sort of Willie really Horton-esque thing comes back every four years or in political really, battles. was
1: George H.W. Yeah. Bush and Dukakis. Yeah, but where Roger Els made Horton over look extra over. black to scare white people, scaring white people but works. Don't But listen, here's what I have to say.
2: And if you talk to women, honestly, they will tell you if you're a man and you you haven't taken advantage of the privilege or the advantages you have in this society, then maybe you're doing it wrong. If you speak to some people of color, they will tell you the same thing. If you're a white person and you have not taken advantage of being able to always get loans, always get an education, always vote, always have every priority, even if you're poor... If you haven't been able to take advantage of that, then maybe you're doing it wrong, but you should not be blaming the people who don't have agency in society along with you. There is another blame for it, but it's not those people. You're just being pitted against those people because someone is taking advantage of you. Some, you're the mark. You're the person that keeping the other people rich. They're playing the other people in power. They are playing you for a sucker. You are the mark to the con that is going on. So this whole idea about there is no privilege in society for white people. That's bullshit. There is a privilege. There is no privilege in society for men. That is bull. There is a privilege. There is no privilege in society. When, when, if you're a Christian, there is a privilege in this society because we prioritize Christianity, even though we're supposed to be a country that believes in freedom of religion. But yet, what do we do? And separation we demonize Muslims. Church and state. We demonize Islam. We demonize anybody who is pretty much not a Christian. Or even but if Islam you don't hates believe us. in religion, Islam you demon- hates us. though. But that's the whole point. You're making my point. So to believe that there aren't certain privileges in this society, this American society, no, that are right. not unique to America, is just plain you, old. You're absurd. right. Absurd. But
1: only the president makes that grotesque argument. No, no. The other people make the thing,
2: argument. He is just using it to his political. No, but advantage. what I'm saying
1: is at the of, top of the food chain, the fraud food chain. Mm. You have the president. Yeah. He says no systemic racism, just some bad apples. Yeah. I say you got to look at the whole orchard. OK, yeah. he says it. So Rick Santorum, who knows that everything you just said is true. He might argue degree, yeah. but it's true. But he can't say there's systemic racism because Trump says there isn't. Yeah. See, the problem for Rick Santorum is he is smart enough to know the truth and intentionally not saying it to protect Trump. Yeah. And that is a political Sin. I
2: don't know if he's that smart. I think he probably believes what he believes, but I think that people who well, believe Well he says in he agrees
1: with way, me that each of the problems exist. Yeah. Yeah. What is it in the collective if they each exist except systemic racism? Yeah. That's what it is. He doesn't want to say it because Trump won't say it and they fear him and they have something the left doesn't have. Cohesion, baby. <laughs> they're all <laughs> Let in me tell to you something. Uh
2: they're not afraid of Joe Biden. They're afraid of what Joe Biden represents. They're not afraid of, being, of Trump being replaced by Biden. They're afraid of what may replace them as the preeminent voice or maybe the voice that is not yeah, so strong good and doesn't have the advantage that it does in society. Powerful fear. That is what it is.
1: And that's why they overlook yeah. all of Trump's obvious failings. They support Trump. They're not overlooking Trump. it.
2: They're, they're agreeing with it. There is no overlooking. You cannot overlook Trump. He is in our faces every day saying exactly people what he's saying. Over, There's no way of overlooking. will tell you all the
1: time when you're not yelling at him in private life, I know he lies. I know he's a bad guy. I, I hope think you correct all him and say you're and not. There's no guys. way
2: you can overlook him. You cannot overlook no, a bully. No, they're bully. saying bully I'm more
1: scared of what will follow him.
2: I'm telling you they're yes, they're more scared of what will follow him and what will follow him. It's not Joe Biden, it's what Joe Biden represents. It is what it represents for them as a person or as a people or that kooky, you no longer kooky have cookie lefties and crazy blacks coming to burn down will their you neighborhoods let me finish? that you no longer have the advantage or the privilege that you have once had in this society. That's what the fear is. The fear is not Joe Biden. It's not Kamala Harris. It is what the fear is the inevitable no matter how much they fight it it is the inevitable trump may hold back what they think is going to happen for a moment but he's not it's astroturf it's not going to happen this country is going to move on the more people who like me and you who will talk the more people who are in mixed interracial relationships the more people who will overlook the that bs as this country, as the world continues to grow, this is not going to be the same society where the same people have a preeminent voice. It just is what it is. So you may be for this, prolonging election. the
3: And welcome back to Flower Politics Podcast. It's the 13th of September, year of our Lord 2020. How y'all doing out there? Our intro, I regurgitated that because, well... I didn't hit it good enough on last podcast. I don't listen to every podcast. This time I did. We were junking in BFK, which is Bumfuck Kentucky. And the wife wanted to listen, so we played it. And I realized I just didn't give it its due diligence. Because that is the most absurd fucking thing I've ever heard. I've heard a lot of crazy shit um, in my lifetime. Especially from CNN. I mean, they'll say anything to help Democrats, but saying white, poor people are doing it wrong. Like you and I, when we were poor could just saddle up to any loan company and go, yeah, I'm white. And they just gave me a loan. You know, when I was a young guy, I bought a house probably shouldn't have, but it was so cheap. I did it anyway. Next thing you know, the army sending me to fucking Korea, I was screwed. So, two years later, I get order, those orders, and I sell the house on Assumption. I don't even know what Assumption is. And being bing, bada boom, the people don't pay a fucking payment. I have to file bankruptcy. And I will tell you, Don Lemon, for those 11 years, I couldn't buy a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. When my car started getting too small because we had two kids, I bought a van. Fleet rental, 24% interest. And that's what we had for our vehicle. It had 100,000 miles. We didn't have a choice. We had to move. Got orders again. Had to leave Fort Ord go to Fort Lewis. It took me 11 years to get a car, and then it was at 14%. And then finally we got normal interest rates down the road. And I did nothing wrong. I never missed a payment. I didn't redistribute fucking goods because I was white. I don't know what planet he lives on. And he always talks about the inevitable. Understand in your lifetime, Don Lemon, this this country will be majority white. I know you hate that because you hate white people. But it'll be majority white and that's just what it'll be. The world... Other than the Orient is majority white. That's the way it is. We don't go around looking at everybody by their racial identification. That's what you do, because you're a racist. So, I wanted to start again. Today we have a packed show. If I keep moving the the, uh, tempo on, understand it's because I have so many subjects.
4: We're
3: going to go through the... a block, which is a lot of catch up on other stories, some news stories. Gonna go into a quick narrative section, gonna have a short woke section, and we're gonna have a little violence on the end. But up front, I gotta do 9 11. And I'm gonna play a soundbite. It's Sammy Sosa with an American flag right after 9 11. Because it struck me this is how we were for about six months.
5: As Sammy Sosa leads the Cub charge as he does every single day out to right field here in Chicago.
6: 3-0 pitch. Swing and a high
7: drive. Belt to deep
4: turn right. Back toward the track. Hit the wall. It is gone! Sosa hits it into the basket. And he's got it.
3: Sadly, this is the good part of how we are, because the rest of this 9-11 block is what you'll expect it. Liberals being evil. But here are college kids that don't have a fucking clue about
8: 9-11. Hi, I'm Eduardo Nuret with Campus Reform. The 19th anniversary of 9-11 is tomorrow, so we're here today to talk to students to see what they remember about that tragic event in our history. Let's find out. All right, so what do we commemorate on 9-11?
9: The loss of the lives of the tower.
8: Which tower? The
9: The Twin Towers. Towers. World Trade Center.
8: All right, what do we commemorate as a
10: country on 9-11? Whoa, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that word means.
9: Obviously, we've all heard, like, what happened that day, unfortunately. Something really bad happened, but as a country, we're able to come together and fix what had happened and better ourselves.
8: So, yeah, let's get a little specific about what happened there. Walk us through, you know,
9: September 11th. Well, the two Twin Towers, um, the, we're standing there, and I believe it is—hold on, give me a second. Hmm. No, I can't tell you where it's at, but I know there are two Twin Towers.
8: Somewhere in the
10: U.S., two Twin Towers.
9: Somewhere in the U.S., two Twin Towers.
10: Every year, pretty much, we'll just, you know, remember all the people that, you know, passed away and everybody that lost their life and their families. And Do you
8: remember what cities were targeted? Yeah, New York, right? There was another major U.S. city that was targeted, uh, obviously on a much smaller scale. Do you remember what happened there? Do you remember what city that was? Are they trying to go for, like, the Pentagon or something? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know what city that's in, but...
9: I don't know anywhere else.
8: Do you remember who we were attacked by?
9: I don't. I think it was just two immigrants that flew planes. It was a terrorist group. It was um, up led by Osama bin Laden.
8: Do you know what terrorist group he was affiliated with? No.
9: I mean, do you? No, I do not. Not off the top of my head. I know it was the Middle East. I'm not sure who exactly. I know it was like those people. My God, what was his name? Hussein guess, Uda, Hussein, something like that. I can't. I can't remember his
10: name. Os- Osama bin Laden and Al Qaeda, like the Taliban or like uh, Afghanistan or like Iraq. Osama bin Laden. Al Qaeda. Yeah, yeah. 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 Walk me through the events of that day. There was a terrorist attack on America, and um, two planes uh, were flew into the twin towers in New York and uh, like blew up the top. The top part.
9: A lot of people were injured. Um, people were trying to escape. And a lot of people on the plane ended up dead, unfortunately.
10: You know, that's, that's pretty much what happened though. Like it was just a terrorist attack. Some people have wondered
8: whether when teaching about 9-11, it's appropriate to mention the fact that they were Islamic terrorists. Do you think we should include that fact when we teach about 9-11 to younger Americans, to younger people?
9: I think it should be taught to a certain extent. I don't think so. I think they have everybody should know about it and have the right to know what happened.
10: It don't really have nothing to do with like them being Islam. It could have been anybody, Christian, uh, Jew.
9: That mentality really affects people from, like, the Islam community. Um, I think it's
11: a fair point to an extent because, I mean, it was on the part of um, a terrorist group from outside of this country, but I feel like in order to make it a little more... Um, fair and to give people a little bit more of a well-rounded education on this specific topic. We also have to talk about the fact that the a lot of the terrorism acts that occur in this country are from people who were born here.
9: I don't think they should, yeah, like bring in the word Muslim or Islamic just because it does like kind of, I feel like it offends someone who is Islamic or Muslim. It's a part of history. All the details should be known about what happened, but it doesn't make a certain race bad.
12: I think that we should, because that just happened to be those people that were involved. That's part of history. I'm from New York, and, you
13: know, that day was definitely a... Uh, it was hard for everyone. I was you know, I was one years old at the time, but my family, they went through... They saw it on TV, and it definitely shunned the whole world. We don't really talk about it as much in school. We all take time to remember about it, but we never take time to actually learn about what happened.
3: That is fucking pathetic. For people like me, who have lost so many friends... whose life altered drastically I mean I just come back from Korea I've been gone a year boom war boom out to NTC without the family didn't see him for pretty much five fucking years all the friends I've lost we're still over there 19 years later and you know we've covered on the show Trump wants to pull people back the left doesn't want it because as we'll see today, it doesn't matter. Once again, everything I've said, any one of us have said, he could do this, it won't matter. Yeah, that's the left. But they don't even know about it. I have a whole section here that I'm not going to cover because I'm so angry. On the anniversary of nine eleven attacks, leftist trend hashtag, all buildings matter. Bishop Talbert Swan, to the entire Miracle Whip Posse, being all solemn and somber today and tweeting, never forget, it. remember the next time you feel like telling black people to forget about or get over slavery, lynching, brutalization, demonization, and oppression. Not going to lie, the All My Lives Matter clowns getting upset about all buildings matter is funny as fuck. September 11th, to highlight the absurdity of the phrase, all lives matter, is brilliant. Young activists didn't let today be just another day. They used today to challenge our society. No, you didn't. You're evil. You're fucking evil people. 3,000 people died, and what did you guys go with? Well, let's just do a quick montage. Uh, Chuck Todd and Harwood and some rando doctor, yet here we are again with the Mm, COVID's worse and that's Trump. We can't let one day go
14: without using it for political gain. And as we remember that terrible moment in American history 19 years ago, it's important to remember that we are in the midst of another terrible moment in American history. The coronavirus pandemic has taken the lives of nearly 200,000 Americans this year. In fact, our nation has not seen a week where the coronavirus death toll was fewer than 3,000, i.e. 9-11, Since the end of March, to put it glumly, we are losing more Americans every few days to this virus than we lost in 9-11 entirely. And it just uh, isn't that the president is not appropriately acknowledging the gravity of the growing death toll in the virus. He's also still downplaying the severity of the virus. According to excerpts of recordings published by The Washington Post, the president told Bob Woodward in March that he knowingly downplayed the coronavirus risks to avoid creating a panic, he said. Like I said, the president who thrives on creating panic is still downplaying the risk. Last night he held a rally in Michigan. Very little social distancing and masking, flouting Michigan's coronavirus rules. And here's what he had to say about the pandemic.
7: By the way, I think the vaccine's going to come very soon.
4: And
7: with it or without it, We're rounding the turn. You see what's happening. You see the numbers are plunging. We had to take a pause to get rid of the China virus and we got rid of we're getting rid. We're coming around. We're coming around that turn. I'm telling you, you watch next year better than last year.
14: Well, obviously, we're not coming around, but uh, we want to pause here for a second. Joe Biden uh, is stepping up uh, to to make some remarks in Shanksville. Let's go there
15: thought the comparisons that he made to, to churchill in particular were pretty astonishing
16: well uh... we know poppy that those comparisons don't make any sense uh, churchill and fdr both uh... gave their um, constituents a realistic picture of the struggles ahead in world war II to try to steal them for the necessary sacrifices they needed to make that is precisely what the president Tried to avoid, he says that he wanted to avoid panic, but the evidence suggests that what he wanted to avoid, in particular, was panic on the financial markets that could threaten the picture he was painting of economic success going into the election. Uh, We also know that his re-election campaign is grounded in the desire to incite panic among uh, voters, especially white working-class voters in his base, uh, about uh, uh, lawlessness in American cities. Uh, about the prospects of suburbs being demolished uh, a whole r- other range of uh, uh, disasters that he is uh, uh, fabricating uh, economic collapse um, it's also worth noting that the president continued to mislead americans by the very fact that he held that rally last night right. very little mask wearing very little social distancing prospects are that people are going to get sick from that rally maybe people will die as herman cain did after the tulsa rally And one final thing to point out on the 19th anniversary of 9-11, we are right now in this pandemic losing twice as many people every week as we're lost on 9-11. We can't forget that toll.
15: You're completely right. We cannot. John Harwood, thank you very much for the reporting at the White House this morning. Jim.
12: Today is 9-11. We have lost 66 times more people today than the actual 9-11 19 years ago, 200,000 Americans are dead. That is the equivalent of 66 consecutive 9-11 deaths in a row. That's so shameful. It simply didn't have to be this way. Joe Biden has a plan to get us through this. That's why I'm voting for Joe Biden.
3: That is just utterly sick. It's fucking sick to compare terrorists blowing something up and a virus and, well, here's the 1619 Project. Every day Donald Trump remains president is equivalent to one of World Trade Center towers falling on 9-11. The Lincoln Project hires, oh, I'm sorry, it was 1619, Who he left 1619, now he's over on the Lincoln Project. So Logan Hall, I fucked that all up, sorry about that. The Lincoln Project just hires random Twitter resistance morons and calls it a principled approach to modern politics. The guy's Ron Stesso and his whole thing is resistance. And then the Lincoln Project, supposed conservatives run this ad on nine eleven.
17: 2001, policemen, firemen, on duty, off duty, didn't wait for orders, they ran into the fire to save lives. After 9-11, America went to war. Thousands volunteered and many died. Today, Donald Trump calls them suckers and losers. On that day, Donald Trump was just a terrible person. He bragged about the fact that he now had the tallest building in New York.
7: 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan, and and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest, and now it's the tallest.
17: Later, he lied and said he was at ground zero helping. Everyone
7: who helped clear the rubble, and I was there, and I watched, and I helped a little bit.
17: Today, Donald Trump is more than just a terrible person. He's the worst president in American history. He's divided the country and lied to all of us about everything, tens of thousands of times, and now 200,000 of us are dead. A 9-11 death toll every three days because of the fool that sits behind the president's desk in the Oval Office.
18: The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. No! Nobody believes that.
3: Paul Krugman ran the same concept. And, of course, the Bush team used 9-11 to take us to the unrelated disasters. war. It's actually remarkable how many of the media-promoted heroes of 9-11 ended up revealed as horrible people. Remember Bernie Carrick and will Giuliani ever get off my TV screen? Almost two decades on, it's now clear the real threat to America comes not from foreign terrorists, from homegrown white supremacists. But you know what? That was true even in 2001. On the other hand, I groan whenever I see some pundit describe the aftermath as a time of national unity. Of the contrary, Republicans have been exploding the atrocities almost immediately, trying to use it to cut capital gains tax. Jennifer Rubin. Trump has allowed more than 66 9-11s. The right wing that cannot feel fury, but instead cheers a president and allows this to happen, to really has left the realm of human decency. The level of intellectual honesty and character failures blow my mind. Are you serious? Somebody says to her, how many 9-11s did Obama have with H1N1? We didn't do all this. We didn't blame a president for it. Why would we? Lawrence Tribe. Ever wonder why the 125,000 lives Donald Trump selfishly and recklessly snuffed out this year don't register the way the 3,000 lives Bin Laden airline hijacked took on 9-11 do? Slow versus fast. Domestic versus foreign. Anonymous identified. My view, Trump equals Bin Laden times 42. They're sick people. They're just sick people. If you can't stop on 9-11, you need to go fuck yourself. And then Omar, 19 years ago, our country changed forever. Today and every day, we remember the lives taken on 9-11 and the brave first responders to risk everything. I will continue to fight to support our first responders and families who lost loved ones. Somebody put the cover of the New York Post. Here's your something. Because she said some people did something. But the memo went out. Media firefighters and Darling further debased themselves by using 9-11 to score cheapest points. ABC White House correspondent Karen Travers. Consider this. The United States has lost 64 times more people to COVID so far this year than we did in 9-11. 64! Eddie Zipperer, a thousand times more people die of the flu each year than are unjustly killed by police officers, but we're all smart enough to consider the context of those deaths. Being murdered is not compared to dying of a disease. Dino Obadiah, Al-Qaeda death toll on 9-11, 2,977 fatalities. Trump fires death toll, 192,000 fatalities. Never forget. RBE, consider this. Comparing a pandemic virus to a premeditated terrorist attack is fucking stupid and disgusting. You're all disgusting. And they are. And they're just sick fucking people. Sick. Then the New York Daily News tries, Trump administration to secretly siphon nearly 4 million away from a program that tracks and treats FDNY firefighters and medics suffer from 9-11 related illnesses. And it's not true. Obama did it. Obama. It's all fake. But we've always done it. This is what the left has done on 9-11 forever. How the lefty media used and abused the memory of 9-11. September 11, 2018. Scarborough, I do believe that it defies physics with the World Trade Center, Tower 7, Building 7, which collapsed on itself. Is it possible a building to fall that way? It fell without explosives being involved. World Trade Center 7. World Trade Center 1 and 2 got hit by planes. 7 miraculously for first time in history. Steel was melted by fire. He's a truther now. Last year. New York Times, 18 years have passed since airplanes took aim and brought down the World Trade Center. Do we remember? They shit on the world on 9-11 because it's a demographic. They don't give a fuck. Some rich people died in a tower. A bunch of soldiers died. We don't give a fuck. We just don't give a fuck. Why would we care? We fucking hate America. These are the same people that explained away what the terrorists... What's our fault? It's our foreign policies. what we do. We deserve to be attacked. That's why I registered Republican. Because the same people that voted for the Iraq war weren't financing the war in 2004. I had the hate tweet of the day. I was going to play the sound because I haven't done it forever. I woke up this morning doing my morning constitution. This is the first thing I saw. Becky Baroness of Bunsey. She goes by at Becky Bunsey. If you don't think Republicans won't start rounding up people and throwing them into gas chambers if they succeed in holding on to power, you really haven't been paying attention. They think they could just say things. She's a blue check. And project what they think. I mean, there's actually lefties saying burn down America in the streets right now. Kill white people. There's no Trump supporters rounding people up. There's nobody on Trump's campaign that was caught on video saying we'll burn America down and take people out of MSNBC and burn them in the streets. We didn't hear that. But it's what the left does. They hate America, so of course they're going to shit on 9-11. But the most favorite thing, and and I'm going to play a positive 9-11 at the end of the show, Faulkner, African-American on Fox. But my favorite of all of it was the NFL. They tweeted... We will never forget today. We honor and remember the lives lost on September 11, 2001. And a gigantic flag for a Giants game. It covered the entire field. I, of course, you help finance BLM, who has labeled this flag the anthem. You play a new one now. It's inhabitants racist KKK Nazis and want this country destroyed. Then you tweet this. You choose stupid SJW games instead of patriotism. So take the loss and don't fake this shit. And the entire world went crazy. Article. Newly woke NFL remembers to display giant flag for 9-11. The world asks, should we kneel? On Friday, the NFL issued a tweet displaying a giant American flag covered it. The NFL's woke attitudes would reflect an attitude towards player kneeling for the national anthem. In May 2018, the NFL stated, this season, all league and team personnel shall stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Personnel who choose not to stand for the anthem may stay in the locker room until after the anthem. In June, this year, Commissioner Goodell lauded Kaepernick, who spearheaded the stupidity. If he wants to resume his career in the NFL, then obviously it's going to take a team to make that decision. But I welcome that. Support a club, make a decision, encourage them to do it. If his efforts are not on the field, but continue to work in a space, we welcome him to the table and to help us, guide us, blah, 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 blah. As the Daily Wire noted, Kaepernick has been widely criticized for some of his actions, including kneeling during the National Anthem, donating money to groups honoring convicted cop killer and wanted terrorist Asada Shakur, wearing socks with pigs on them, wearing a shirt with fucking Fidel Castro. Kaepernick has also claimed the United States has conducted American terrorism attacks on black and brown people for the expansion of American imperialism. That remark was featured in a tweet from Kaepernick and came after US forces killed Kasimi Salami, the head of the Iranian Revolutionary Corps, that the left was really upset about that we killed a terrorist. On Friday, the Sporting News noted a few months ago after Goodell released a video statement admitting the NFL was wrong or not listening to players early on the topic of racial injustice, league officials told CBS Jason La-, La Canfora that, yes, in fact, the NFL is out of the business of sanctioning or discouraging any player for taking a knee. After reports the NFL would play, lift every voices and sing, dubbed the Black National Anthem, before all Week 1 games this season, former NFL star Burgess Owens commented, there is no Black National Anthem. Why does it feel like this country is trying to be segregated again sometimes? Cruz blasted the league. How many national anthems do we have? Is there a Hispanic national anthem? An Asian American national anthem? This is asinine. We are one America. E pluris unum. Social media ripped the NFL for its tribute to the flag on 9 11. Now that it's capitulated to political correctness. Matthew Bathley, a 9 11. On 9 11, now that it was capitulated, I'm sorry. Matthew Bethley, a former Marine and author of Rules of War, tweeted, As a Marine serving on 9 11 and had his life dramatically altered, I say this Are you fucking kidding me? You should be ashamed of this pandering after all you've done to destroy the sport with your woke politician's disrespect to the flag and anthem. As a Marine serving on 9 11 and had his life dramatically I repeated itself. So sorry about that. Um, I saw that one. And I responded, media uses one vet and never broadcast truth like this. Fuck the NFL. The Packers, my lifelong team, can go fuck themselves. I fought for this flag. Lost many friends. Some millionaires could shit on it for political gain. Fake narratives bending to BLM terrorists who want to destroy America. Un-American. Everybody asks, so you care about the flag? Twitter did a poll. 87% of Americans said we shouldn't disrespect the flag. That's on Twitter. But the NFL doesn't get it. The NFL is so scared of a group of people that probably don't even watch their fucking show. It's no different than the gay mafia or any other of these liberal groups. They bend the knee for these stupid fringe groups thinking that it really matters to their business because all the media does is play the one vet not the 99.5 percent of vets who say fuck you what the fuck's that got to do with cops it's a flag we fought for that flag and then they go to their opening night and it sounded a little bit like this i'm queen
4: Latifah,
19: and it is really special to be here i love football I love everything about the game, the excitement, the teamwork, the catches, diving into the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, it is one of my favorite times of year. But a few months ago, we weren't even sure we'd have a season. And now here we are about to kick off. That's reason to celebrate. But this season is different. This season is deeper than football. We've all seen black Americans killed and subjected to violence and racism all over America. We've seen the protests, we've seen the marches, and we've heard the rhetoric. Tonight you're going to hear from the players themselves and their allies, the ones working to bring about actual change. Because make no mistake, the anger we see right now is real. It comes from pain, too much pain for too long. The urgency of this moment is real. It's time to stand up. It's time to take action. That's what tonight is about. It's time to inspire change.
20: Come together and do it. We're not going to kneel. It's not going to mess up the anthem. It's not going to destroy your day in any way. And then J.J. Watt says, well, we just came together for unity. I don't really understand why people would boo. Well, I'm going to help him out. They're booing because you're doing stuff for black people. They're booing because you are saying that police brutality, social injustice against that community is wrong. That's why they're booing. Not because y'all linked up, not because white players are hanging out with black players and they see things the same way. It's about the thing you see the same way. It's about the injustices that they are incurring because of the way that this country sees a certain color of skin bothers them that you care. Because if y'all linked up for breast cancer, (laughs) they're gonna clap. If you link up for autism, (laughs) they're gonna clap. If you link up to pay Homage, or to, say, and honor veterans, they gonna clap. I know they gonna clap because I've been there and I've linked up for those things. But you linked up Mm. to say that black people need to be treated differently. That's the problem. This was the kindest. This was the most thoughtful. This was the sweetest way to protest or to demonstrate that we've seen ever. It almost It's almost like it didn't even happen, and people still boo that. That tells you the type of evil, the type of racism that is truly the fabric of this country and how it was built. It's not going to change, mm. and you're not going to change them. So these boys need to keep moving forward and keep fighting and keep standing because they are needed.
3: I literally turned into ESPN, and I thought it was goddamn MSNBC. They were so up in arms that people fucking literally got upset over the flag. And they're bullshit. You have, it takes all of us, race BLM shit up on the screen. And your fucking base, NFL, doesn't like it. They don't like the second national anthem. Sarah Spain from ESPN was up in arms. I'd love somebody to interview one person that booed that and have them inarticulately try to explain why they did it. Inarticulately. Because remember, you're stupid if you don't think like them. And I responded and she ignored. I'm a vet. I'm not a Trumper. I'm surprised that you're surprised that people would be upset about disrespecting the flag and the anthem and not like a second national anthem. I'm kind of surprised with that. Because the majority of people don't live like you. Maybe you didn't get out of your bubble and talk to real people. In the soundbite, you heard the league devoted an hour to social justice on the NFL channel. Benjamin Watson, don't kneel, don't lock your arms, don't love each other, don't empathize with your brother, don't care about your country, don't speak up for the vulnerable, don't seek justice or righteousness, just play. Sad. No, what's sad is your bullshit. It has nothing to do with the game. It's based on faulty science. Let's be honest. It's faulty science. It's not true. None of it's true. None of it. It's never been true. More black people are not fucking killed by cops. The reason why black people are in jail is because they commit fucking crime. I mean, seriously, folks. Does anybody believe anymore anything the left's upset about it's all based on bullshit and how do I know we segue to the Nobel Peace Prize and I've been saying it forever it doesn't matter what he does they will hate it I want you to flashback and we're going to get in our fucking Wayne's world Dilly doo they do. This is what Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize for. Operating alongside those who seek to hijack religious for their own murderous ends. Humanity has been grappling with these questions throughout human history. And lest we get on our high horse and think this is Unique to some other place, remember that during the Crusades and the Inquisition, people committed terrible deeds in the name of Christ. That's how he won a Nobel Peace Prize. He basically bashed Christians. He did his world tour of apologies and said America sucks, and he got a Nobel Peace Prize. Now, it's very hard to find the Egypt speech. That's for a prayer breakfast, but because the Egypt speech has been buried by Google. Because of the Nobel Peace Prize. Because Donald Trump got elected twice for Peace Prize. Because he did Kosovo, Serbia, and now a Middle East one. Kosovo, Serbia, and what is it? Bahrain and Egypt. Uh, What is it? Norwegian Parliament should be, uh, I'm sorry, UAE and Israel. So now he's done two different Middle East ones and a Kosovo. Associated Press. Far-right Norwegian lawmaker has nominated Trump for Nobel Peace Prize. Far-right. It only took five minutes for the medium to spin it. Grinnell, second peace prize. In it, it literally says, don't judge him on who he is, but on what he did. Because they know nobody's going to vote for it. Andrew Dad, not sure what is more amazing, all the peace breaking out in the Middle East or the lack of interest in it by the media and the rest of the world. Noga Tarposkoski, Israel's transformation from sovereign state to Trump campaign mascot is almost complete. That's what people were saying. I could spend an hour on this. Them just losing their shit. I did, I did not and will not vote for him. Calm down. Peace is bad because Orange Man gets credit. And that's what it is. No, no, no. We can't let him have credit. By the time the week gets done, and he's nominated twice, end the Nobel Peace Prize. The Trump nomination shows that peace had a chance, and it blew it. Trolls are a Scandinavian invention, straight from the frigid sagas of North mythology, but Christian Turberg a Norwegian parliamentarian, swears that he's not one. Observers of this antics this week could be forgiven for thinking otherwise. On Wednesday, he announced that he has nominated Trump for the Nobel Peace Prize. Can you name a person who's done more for peace than Trump? Turberg Gabriel asked me, insisting the question was a serious one. And then it goes all the way through... Well, we really don't need this, because why would we give this? But nowhere in here does it say, well, we gave it to Obama for nothing. He ends the article. Um, the Nobel Committee, oh, the only thing he said about Obama, then again, Barack Obama won the prize in 2009 while refusing to meet with Kim Jong-il. Oh, Korea, forgot about that one, of its points to one or two conclusions. The no-mail peak committee can either give the prize to do good organizations such as the Red Cross or Doctors Without Borders, or it can keep the prize looking away for a while and re- re- reevaluate its reasoning for a modern area. I suspect that the re- revelation will end if the committee is honest with the admission that peace can be recognized only by its fruits, which take decades to mature and not by its seeds. To keep giving awards for the seeds is to court embarrassment and to make yourself hostage a wacky attention-seeking nomination like Trump's better to shut it down before the trolls do it first. 2009. What Obama's Nobel Peace Prize really means. A growing contingent want Obama to lead post-nationalist global society. If he does things right, the U.S. could become history's first truly international nation. For Trump, end The Nobel Peace Prize. They just fucking own themselves. Maju Raju. CNN Situation Room. If Trump deserves credit for Bahrain, Israel, and UAE deal, Pelosi questioned his ties to Saudi and says, good for him for having a distraction on the day when the numbers of people are affected and the number of people who are dying from virus only increases. Brett Baer. This is quite an answer. No matter your party, and even if you don't like the details inside, the UAE and Bahrain peace deals with Israel are not distractions. Four countries we've fixed relations with, and he doesn't get credit for any of them, but this is about the Constitution, about right and wrong. Cheryl Atkinson, There was a time not not too long ago, if any president had brokered a peace deal between Israel and the UAE, Israel and Bahrain, and Serbia and Kosovo, the news would have been plastered with the news for the day upon end. They didn't even cover it. Those are the soundbites I could get. Time compares Trump's catalog of COVID failures to 9-11. That's what they put out. But those anti-Obama people were bad. Remember all those people that hated Obama? Do we remember that? Those people were pieces of shit. They were horrible people. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're right. Those Obama people, they didn't like him for just nothing. He, He was such a good president. And they just hated him. Uh, what about you fucking people? What about you? I mean, for fuck's sake, people. That's how bad our media is, which leads us right into the fucking stimulus, which is even worse.
21: The new coronavirus stimulus for the economy is looking less likely before the election, as Congress remains sharply divided over a fresh package. Senate Democrats rejected the latest proposal
22: from Majority Leader Mitch McConnell as too slim, they say, compared to what they say Americans need. We move to Capitol Hill now where a scaled back Republican coronavirus rescue package did not pass a procedural vote in the Senate yesterday. Both parties
15: failing to budge over the size and scope of the package.
23: Also in Washington, it appears that there's not going to be another economic relief bill from Congress before the election.
15: Absolutely
24: not. Uh, the Senate yesterday rejected on basically a party line vote, a small Republican offer, small $600 million. The Democrats are looking for $2 trillion. They cannot get together. And the bottom line, millions of Americans out of work facing eviction are getting no help from Washington.
3: Here's a simple cliff note. Senate Democrats block coronavirus stimulus package. That's it. That's it. That's the whole story. There's nothing else to talk about. They blocked it. They wanted trillions. Republicans wanted a small one. So they just blocked it. We all know the real reason. They don't want the stimulus to get approved before the fucking election because that'll be good news for Trump. We can't have good news for Trump. Everything has to be bad. And the note went out to all media. Stephen A. Smith or Stephen L. Smith, Stephen L. Miller. God, I'm fucking up by the numbers today. Knew the Senate failed to advance. Face the nation. New York Times. Senate Republicans' skinny stimulus pan pl- failed to advance. CNN Newsroom. The Senate failed to advance. CNBC. Senate Republicans fail to advance. Politico. Fail to advance. Erica Wormer. Slimmed down GOP corona relief bill. Fails to advance. Cheryl Atkinson, just coincidence? Alternate headline Democrats block relief. And the cheese. Do we remember what they said when they couldn't get through for Obama? Oh, I do. GOP shoots down gun measure, GOP shoots down Democrat budget. The GOP shoots down Trump's proposal to delay the 2020 election. Senate GOP downs proposed protection for maternity coverage, free contraception. That's how we did it. Regs. It's so weird that the Senate Democrats aren't obstructionists. A curious synchronicity to rationalize Senate Democrats blocking a coronavirus relief bill. Put Democrat filibuster relief bill in Google Translate and get Senate or Republican fail-to-advance relief bill. And that's pretty much what you got. If you put Senate Democrats block bill, you got Republicans block bill. Brian Lunkden. And every article news report uses the same phrasing. It means one or two things. The journalists are being lazy and copying each other. The journalists are taking marching orders for someone. Often both. Guy Benson. Senate voting to proceed to COVID relief pack, which include assistance for small businesses, unemployment benefits, safe reopening of schools, testing, tracing, and a raft of other provision. Needs sixty votes to avoid the filibuster. Which brings us into our biggest thing. Noah Rothman. So an arcane relic of the Jim Crow segregationist thwart extension of desperately needed relief for Americans. Stephen Miller. Barack Obama called the filibuster a Jim Crow relic. Democrats have now used it twice to beat, beat Tim Scott's bill COVID relief package and he forgot the Born Alive Act. But it's racist. Everybody went with fails to Advance fails to advance. It's fucking bullshit. All because they don't want good news for Trump. That's all it's about. They don't want good news for Trump. And it's politics, which segs us greatly into. And this will be our first quick break. The Woodward shit. I'm gonna play the soundbite, play the media, play Schumer, and play Fauci. That's des- des- destroying it. You'll hear a song, and then we'll come into a montage. Of Democrats who downplayed the virus.
7: Now it's turning out it's not just old people, Bob. Just today and, and yesterday, some startling facts came out. It's not just old, older people.
16: Yeah, exactly. Young people
7: to plenty of young people.
24: So, give me a a moment of talking to somebody, going through this with Fauci or somebody who kind of uh, it caused a pivot in your mind because it's clear just from what's in on the public record that you went through a pivot on this to oh my god the gravity is uh almost inexplicable and unexplainable
17: well i think
7: bob really to be honest with you sure i want you to i wanted to uh i wanted to always play it down i still like playing it down yes because i don't want to create a panic
24: there are thousands of my fellow New Yorkers who are dead right now, and it can be directly attributed to the president's uh, lack of action, lying about this crisis. No question about it. That's why we don't have testing. That's why we're not we're, we are not on top of this because he swept it under the rug. On January 26th, I called for the president to call, make it a national emergency. January 26th, he did nothing for a
14: month. <clears throat> Senator Schumer, it's Willie Geist. So obviously we have cataloged this morning all the failures of the president and the appalling confessions he's made on tape, but also governors across the country had responsibility. They knew a lot of this information. So now with benefit of hindsight, do you look back and say, well, maybe Governor Cuomo and governors of other states should have acted quicker as well? No. I, I mean, the bottom line is you needed
24: federal action. It was the federal authorities. The governors don't have people in China, in foreign countries. They don't have access to the intelligence. The president does. I think the governors did their best. You couldn't put together. They tried with testing, which Mika mentioned, but you couldn't do it without the DPA in a national regime. I think the governors are going to come off quite well, but under very difficult circumstances with the president and a national government that did nothing. And there's one other-
13: did President Trump intentionally mislead the American people about the threat of COVID, a pandemic that has now cost the lives of nearly 200,000 Americans? Absolutely not. Um, this president, at a time when you're facing insurmountable challenges, it's important to express. Confidence. It's in sport, important yes, to express to calm. Please play it down. Is playing it down is that is that expressing calm? It well, seems dishonest. It seems. Can you read the rest of the quote? That's how much they put in there. Oh, That's you excluded that. the last part. Um,
21: we'll play the full thing on six minutes. Please, do. Do you deny Please, that explain,
13: the American please of course about the I deny that. Pandemic. And he makes clear that he doesn't want to see chaos. By the way, is the second part of the quote which you failed to read?
25: I think the bottom line here is that the president, by his own admission in private on the record, acknowledged the depth of this crisis and yet told the American people something very different. How is that, at its core, not an abject betrayal of the public trust?
13: There's a long litany of praise from Dr. Fauci, and you're referencing something he allegedly told Bob Woodward. It's,
12: it's on tape. It's on tape, Kayleigh. Well,
13: like, I'm, the reading, the to, I'm reading to you what Dr. Fauci has oh. said very publicly for all to see, and we can all play those video clips. I can get them in your inbox. President
12: yes President on February 7th says it's deadly stuff about coronavirus.
25: In private, on the record. In public, though, February 20- 28th, he says one day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. Well, it's, it's, one, it's one thing to as a, as a public figure not to try to incite panic. It's a very different thing, respectfully, uh, to lie and mislead the American people about, no was, about a crisis no that one, has claimed nearly
26: 200,000
13: American No lives. one is lying to the American people. One day COVID will go away. I think we-
26: Joe Biden's new ad features the violent chaos of Democrat-led cities. Surprise,
8: Trump's to blame. This is our chance. To put the darkness of the past four years behind us to end the anger, the insults, the division, the violence and start fresh in America. Wait,
26: there's violence. Who knew? I guess now that it's in a campaign ad, you'll finally see it on CNN and MSNBC. Of course, if Biden wins, the violence will vanish. Talk about extortion. Elect me or you're dead. But it's also based on ridding something they kept denying. The Dems kept saying the widespread brutality was fantasy. They pushed it as mostly peaceful, as if statistically that's okay. But how good would you feel if you were told your parachute is mostly safe? But now they've read the polls and they see that they were wrong. It's the only language they respect. But remove their lies. And you see the real causes of these police incidents, drugs, mental illness, noncompliance. It exists across all races. A mind on drugs or plagued by illness will not comply. And the police require compliance. It's that incompatibility that the media and Dems turned into fodder for unrest and now boxed in. They must blame Trump. Of course, we could remind them Trump offered help, but that acceptance would be cooperating with Orange Man Bad. If Wheeler had shelved his ego and taken Trump's help early on, that Trump supporter would be alive as well as many other people. Instead, they sheltered behind denials until the polls forced them to emerge finally to survey the damage done. It wasn't just Joe in the basement. It's the whole party. They hid from the hell until it was time to campaign which answers that great philosophical question. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's there but Democrats, does it make a sound? Unless it's Trump's fault, no.
11: All right. That's it. That's all we have for you. Thank you so much for watching. If you like what you saw, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook. Do you remember the salacious Steel dossier? The Covington kids? Justice Brett Kavanaugh accused of being a gang rapist? And whatever happened to Russia collusion? And how did the media buy the whole Jesse Smollett phony hate crime? And why is it that the media continues to perpetuate all of these falsehoods? And why is it that it always points in one direction? Are
27: these honest mistakes? Or does the media have an agenda? You're damn right they do. And that's why the American media is broken. The politically correct news outlets are more interested in broadcasting their politically correct opinions than they are in telling you the truth. America deserves better. Here at the Daily Caller, we only care about two things, reporting the facts and loving our country. In a city like Washington, D.C., this sets us apart from the rest of the power-hungry establishment. When the Daily Caller breaks an investigative story on government corruption, entrenched senators threaten to have our reporters arrested.
28: Senator Bob Menendez threatening to call the coppers On Daily Caller reporter Henry Rogers, because he didn't like the
27: questions being asked. When we run a story about political bias in big tech, the executives try to censor us. Even the
22: editor-in-chief of the Daily Caller got a suspension for tweeting Learn to Code at at the
29: Daily Show.
27: We are outsiders in our nation's capital because we love America. We love her with every fiber of our being and we think she's worth protecting from today's craziness. That's why we stand apart, and every month we reach 20 million homes. But in an era where big companies prefer PC narratives over speaking truth to power, we need your help. Become a Daily Caller patriot today and help us hold the powerful accountable. By being a subscriber, you'll remind Americans everywhere that there are millions of us who remain clear-eyed about our country's greatness. In return, Daily Caller Patriots will be able to read the Daily Caller without any of the ads that we have long used to support our mission. You'll also receive access to our exclusive videos you can't find anywhere else. If you subscribe, we'll dedicate every Lincoln headed set to amplifying our voice and giving you the ad free experience and lightning fast website that you deserve.
8: Patriots will also be eligible for unparalleled Patriots only content.
29: Join us. You can participate in the digital revolution that will save the greatest country on planet Earth. Become a Daily Caller Patriot today.
7: Bombshell
23: tapes. President Trump admits to playing down the coronavirus threat in recordings with
7: veteran journalist Bob Woodward. I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic.
23: Trump acknowledges it was far more deadly than he was telling the country at the time.
7: It's also more deadly than your... You know, your, even your strenuous
23: flus. Overnight, the president on defense as Joe Biden accuses him of betraying the country. Growing fallout after journalist
19: Bob Woodward releases his interviews with President Trump at the start of the pandemic. The president acknowledging the risk of the virus, but downplaying it to the American people. This morning, his defense of that decision.
7: You cannot show
19: a sense of panic and the new questions facing him and his administration over their handling of the crisis. Startling news
21: on the coronavirus and the president of the United States. We now all know that President Trump intentionally downplayed the threat of the pandemic for months, potentially worsening the severity of this crisis. On March 19th, it's on tape. President told journalist Bob Woodward, quote, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down because I don't want to create panic. For months after that, he compared the virus to a flu.
0: Coronavirus is low and our city preparedness is high.
2: This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. I'm going to do
1: that today myself.
18: Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're again careful, safe and come join us.
1: There
21: is no concern at this time for coronavirus in our region. The Department of Sanitation is ready for Mardi Gras 2020.
29: The facts are reassuring.
21: We want New Yorkers to go about their daily lives.
8: But
29: there's really no need to
8: panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are a hardy
30: people. Americans do not need to panic. What I would suggest, however, hmm. is that Americans take this as a wake-up call For seasonal flu, there's very
1: little threat here. This disease, even if you were to get it, basically acts like a common cold
0: or flu. So we're telling New Yorkers, go about your lives, take the subway, go out, enjoy life. And certainly not to miss the parade next Sunday. I'm going to be there.
5: If you had to, would you close down the borders?
14: No. We need to be honest about the American people with the american people about the fact that we can't keep people coming here from china and transmission is not that
1: easy i think there's been a misperception um that coronavirus hangs in the air waiting to catch you no it takes direct person-to-person contact
0: we also know that if it were likely to be transmitted casually we would be seeing a lot, a lot more cases. cases right
2: right because yes. this is new york and you're in elevators exactly. and trains exactly. with everybody all the time
3: this is the biggest non-story I've ever heard in my life. Every single person on CNN, Phillips, Maju Raju, Washington Post, CNN Politics, Tapper, Caitlin Collins, Washington Post again, Maju Raju, made it like it was he. This is, they brought Bernstein on. It's bigger than fucking Watergate. Yet, as of March, Acosta asked the president, are you downplaying this? Yeah. We don't need people freaking out. Comfortably smug. This people should have been told nonsense, pretends that CNN wasn't running in Chiron at the exact same time, trying to instill the exact fear that they're now blaming Trump for not saying. A... Montage from Kynan Brown, the rewriting history. I covered this. The Atlantic, the AP, every media outlet. This isn't that big. There's a media one that just got played um, that'll be on our soundbite to go into uh, Woke from Greg Gutfeld. Out, right? Everybody on CNN. Oh, man, there's more people dying of the flu. But here's the worst part about it. Why, in the name of Zeus's ass crack, do you want a president freaking out the American people? Why? Why would you want that? Don't you want a president that's <coughs> reserved? Here's a guy that didn't go on the TV with his hair on fire, but he was actually putting steps in place that the media was saying was wrong and racist, and the Democrats are trying to do bills to stop it. They then flipped the script and said, well, now he's not taking it serious. He should have done it sooner, even though we said he shouldn't have been doing it. Like, we don't remember all this shit. All the fucking Democrats you just heard talking about, oh, you need to come down to Chinatown. And this is, uh, this morning... As I flipped out of the Greg Gutfeld show, there was Mr. Chuck Todd. Well, he lost a whole week, and this really hurts his re-election, because the American people believe... No, the American people don't. The American people at whole, if you actually did a real vote on it, would tell you that you guys have been making a big deal out of nothing since day one. It still only kills old people with pre-existing condition. It's not a threat to young people. Everything you're doing is fascist bullshit. Every poll shows the American people believe most of the lockdowns are due to politics. And while their hair is on fire trying to make everything be big... They're dogging 9-11, trying to equate it to COVID, not talking about the the impeachment. I mean, we still don't talk about impeachment because they think that's a winning thing. And then it breaks this week. No major media covered it. Newly released DOJ records show that multiple top members of the Mueller investigation team claimed to have accidentally wiped 30 Three phones using during the anti Trump investigation. Federal records show that Mueller Deputy Andrew Weissman claims to have accidentally wiped via wrong passcode at least two phones detailing his activity during the probe. James Coral's phone wiped, Mueller himself, Mueller Deputy Kyle Freenley. Molly Hemingway, the Mueller team intentionally wiped their phones to thwart an investigation into their work. Stunning revelation about something that actually happened, as opposed to debunked claim from anonymous sources. Note, disparity, and media coverage. They didn't. They were running with this Woodward thing. That, yeah, I downplayed it so America wouldn't freak out. And somehow that's bad? Really? Really? Are you going with that? That's how desperate the media is. Which makes me once again say, what do they know? Are the polls worse? Cuban voters are more Trumpy. Cuban. Think about that. They're not getting enough black votes. That's been broke this week, but what the media, uh, the the media ran with. Um, uh, he's got money problems. Trump doesn't have enough money, and of course, Mister Fucking Chuck Todd with the oh, this really hurts his reelection. He lost a week not getting his message out. He doesn't have to, as we'll see. in narrative Biden's running his message. But more to follow on that. Then comes the story we covered and I really didn't think it would go like this. But that's how fucking bad our media is. Our media they will fucking do whatever they can to spin for the left and you think it you, you really think that it's impossible to spin a subject like this but they did and it's the netflix show cuties
15: the book has completely changed my outlook on the on the workplace it has and we'll get to that in a moment But help me understand why when Facebook says half of their folks may work from home permanently and Twitter says something similar, you jokingly said you want people back in the office 12 hours after there's a vaccine. Like, why is it so bad for people to work from home for your company? Netflix seems to be all things shiny on the outside, right? This pandemic has actually been a a big benefit to your business. That's not of your doing. That's just what your business is and the the reality of the pandemic right before it was like enemies at the gate i mean disney plus look how well they've done our parent company warner media with hbo max peacock all of these folks and i just wonder if you could speak to that and also maybe what we don't know is what has netflix not been able to do in the pandemic like what has it stopped you from doing that has hurt the most you you mentioned loneliness and there have been so many studies that um show anxiety, depression, loneliness, increasing the more time we spend online and staring at screens. And people are staring at screens a lot more right now. They're watching Netflix a lot more right now. Do you worry about that and contributing to that and what it means for human connection going forward? Reid, I've read that you even cried in one of these 360 feedback sessions. What is the toughest thing that an employee has told you about your management? The, the part of your book that struck me the most was talking about going to marriage counseling. And not only how it saved your marriage, but how it shaped the rest of your life. I wonder if you could share that. And then also, what has your wife meant to the success of Netflix? Netflix has been far ahead of your rivals on diversity and your board, in leadership, in your content, frankly. You just personally donated $120 million to historically black colleges and universities. After George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis, you moved $100 million of Netflix money into black-owned and run banks. And what you said about that was that the move was to close the power gap between whites and blacks. Can you explain that? And do you believe that more white leaders need to step aside to make room for more black leaders, as we saw Alexis Ohanian do? This
3: is astounding. I mean, this is how far they'll go for the left. IMDB appears to be actively trying to bury legitimate concerns about child sexualization And Netflix cuties' screenshot. They literally have female breast nudity of a minor during erotic dance scene and lengthy and excessive close-up shots of breast bums and spread crotches of scantily-clad 11-year-old girls during numerous sexualized dance routines. So I thought that cuties' Netflix thing was being sensationalized, but the IMDB trigger warning literally describes female breast nudities. Since that was released, they edited it, and it's gone. Sergey Harshimi. in case anyone gets it twisted about user-submitted parental guidance, remember this, IMDb has to approve all user submissions. You got a problem with child sexuality? Media defend child-exploiting cuties movies. Several big name publications have decided to go on a defense for Netflix movie that hypersexualized little girls, and to think some of us are sure about calling the media the enemy of the people. Outlets like Rolling Stones, LA Times, The Telegraph, The New Yorker defended the film as worth seeing and a nice coming of age story, condemning the critics as right wings. Jason Howerton. I'm dead serious. People should go to prison for this. Lawfully defines as pedophilia. And look at the media rating. All you are going to hell. There is The Independent.
30: Yeah,
3: I fucked up and made the picture too small. Let me zoom it in. Hold on a second. It's, it's thinking. Well, shit. It still doesn't want to. I can't read The Independent. I'm trying to get The Independent to pop up. Cuties on Netflix is moving a fan. Moving a fam Moving a film to be marred by one bad taste poster. That that's their take on it. Hmm. That that doesn't make much sense to me. Sex and nudity uh, another parent guideline from a different site. Trigger warning. This one is Rotten Tomatoes, and then it's removed. Um, the New Yorker, Cuties, which has angered scandal mongers on the right, is the story of a girl's outrage at and defiance of the patriarchal order. Evie Fordham, and of course, this somehow is the headline. Cuties, the extraordinary Netflix debut that became the target of right-wing campaign. Yeah. One was a tweet, one was the actual headline. Taylor Hawthorne, I watched the Cuties clip prior to, I thought, it can't be that bad, right? Wrong. It's horrible. It's exploitation of children. It is borderline pornography. Really horrible stuff. People aren't being dramatic. Richard Brody, a white dude that looks like a pedo. Fuller word on Cuties. Mamona DeCor's remarkable first feature coming tomorrow to Netflix and on its real political confrontation. Uh, The subject of Mona's conform isn't twerking. It's children who lack the resources to put sexualized media away. What? It is sexualized media. Drew Vernon. That's a lot of words for basically amounts to... It's a film about shit parenting. Which almost every African-American woman I've seen on Twitter is the same thing. Who whores their kids out like this? For money. John Hayward. The patriarchal order is filled with silly ideas like sexualizing children is wrong and pedophilia is evil. Jessica Fletcher... The media is revolting and complicit in the promotion of child sexualization and pedophilia. These square Republicans don't want sexualized exploitation of children. It's not quite the burned leftist thinkers imagine. Courtney, if being against exploitation of children is only a concern for the right, then the left is completely lost. 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes by critics... 5% by users, and some of them are violent. Rolling Stones. Thanks to a major market mistake, the award-winning French movie Cuties was accused of sexualizing young girls. It's actually a sensitive portrait of growing pains. Oh, really? The Telegraph. Cuties Netflix review. A provocative powder keg for an age terrified of child sexuality. They wrote that. Terrified of child sexuality. Drew Holden, USA Today pulled a similar runaround the simple preteen actress dancing in midriff bearing tips and short shorts with their bare backs arched. It a, isn't a sentence that should exist in the English language. Their headline Cutie, Cuties Controversy Does Netflix New Movie Deserve the Backlash? Cuties, the award-winning French film met with outcry for its provocative promotional poster, Arrives Wendy on Netflix. But does the movie actually deserve the backlash it received from an image of preteen actress dancing in midriff barring tops and short shorts? NPR Cuties calls out the hypersexualization of young girls and gets criticized because it's showing it. Daily Beast Cuties, the coming-of-age film that landed Netflix in hot water, is this must much watch. Really? Vulture, forget what you've heard. Cuties is a movie coming-of-age drama. The Independent, Netflix Cuties is too intelligent and moving to be marred by one bad poster. Los Angeles Time, Cuties deserves better than it got from Netflix and from those who condemn it. Sight unseen. Forbes. C- controversy over Netflix cuties was outrageous, unfair, and incorrect. Metro. Time. Rando. Scott Mandolin. This is going to blow your mind, but cuties arrived today on Netflix. Is exactly what rational people presume it was. Double shock is explicitly condemns the very things it was accused of propagating. Oh, really? Decider. Watch cuties on Netflix for yourself, then apologize to the fucking maker. Responses. Pretend that you need to hypersexualize 11 year old girls in order to make a point that hypersexualization of young girls is a problem. More than anything, what these movies and things like children doing drag have the power to do is normalize something vile. We must stop that. A society that does not have moral clarity and courage to do so doesn't deserve to exist, and they're right on. A CNN person. Incidentally, I'm a critic who highly recommends Netflix Cuties. It's a wonderful, poignant, challenging, and nuanced coming-of-age film smartly crafted by a wonderful director. The controversy surrounding it seems to be propagated, fueled by QAnon and anti-Semites. And also feel like you couldn't have picked a better film to frame such a controversy around? I'm frankly delighted by a bunch of bigots settling with pitchforks to flame the pedophile movie and discovering this lovely subtle story about girls battling front gender roles. Cuties, Amy is shown pulling down her underwear to photograph, to take a photo of her genitals to post online. And as another, she tries to seduce a man who's a family member to get out of trouble for stealing a cell phone. What the fuck is wonderful about this, you sicko? A black lady. She then, another, I'm sorry, another one. Alyssa Rosenberg. The freak out about cuties bothers me more than almost anything I've seen in a decade. Megan McArdle. A great piece by colleague Alyssa Rosenberg. Yes, yeah, she's from fucking WAPO. Pointing out that maybe before you critique cuties, You should, I don't know, watch it. The red-headed libertarian, the part where the young girls aged 9 and 13 are stroking their vaginas with their fingers while thrusting and humping on the stage of booty shorts for adults was what pushed cuties into the unequivocable fuck-off category. Video you heard to start this section was Netflix on CNN. Not one question. The punchline's coming, folks. Breaking. After days of silence, falling outrage. Cuties. Netflix defense cuties calling it a society, social commentary against the sexualization of young girls. Oh, really? We're still going with that. So releasing a film that sexualizes children is somehow fighting against sexualizing sexualizing children. Lisa Rose. For those claiming the filmmaker did nothing illegal, the law and case law is crystal clear here. The filmmakers and Netflix have violated Title 18 Section 2256. The Fifth Court created the Dost test, a six-factor test to determine if images are child pornography. 1. Whether the focal point of the visual depiction is a child's genitals. 2. Whether the setting of the depiction is sexually suggestive. Three, whether the child is depicted in an unnatural pose or inappropriate attire. Four, whether the child is fully or partially nude. Five, whether the visual depiction suggests sexual coyness or willingness to engage in sex. Six, whether the depiction is designed to elicit a sexual response to the viewer. All of it is just a trailer I saw. Article on um, Newsbusters. Netflix Cuties is much worse than you think. And I'm not even reading this stuff. I'm not reading it. It's fucking horrible. It's all fucking horrible. And the left defends it all. The media defends it. You know why? Because of what we covered last time. Gay people have sex with fucking little kids. Gay men do. We have our little chickens. That was all over the media. They just ignored it. Men tucking their dicks in front of an eight-year-old boy. They have been sexualizing little kids forever. They believe it's okay to go online and talk sexually to kids. We covered it. Connect the dots. Anything that is anti-Republican, the media and the left will roll with, because that's what they fucking do. And that's why I put it in the A block. I covered it as, well, this is horrible. And then the media hook, line, and sinker defended it. So, as we go into narrative, I'm going to play that Greg Gutfeld segment, which was really good. And then we'll come into Jake Tapper, who, by the way, urged Republican Sean Parnell not to run against a he liked Best of luck in your race. For the record, I wasn't trying to talk you out of running. I was trying to talk you to running in a safer R district. LLL, because he's a liberal.
26: It's no Oscar, but Donald Trump was just nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize twice. In other news, Donald Trump will not win the Nobel Peace Prize twice. <laughs> Why? Well, he's a big orange meanie who eats puppy brains smothered in ketchup. And unlike previous winners, he's actually done stuff. Let's review. He brokered a Middle East peace plan, proving once again that if he's racist, he's really bad at it. As as white leftists burn minority businesses to the ground, Trump and his Jewish son-in-law brought Israel and the United Arab Emirates together. He also got Kosovo and Serbia to the table, but that wasn't news because there was no anonymous source reporting that Trump called the Kosovo stenographer a fat cow. He didn't, by the way. Then there's North Korea. Yeah, they're still nuts. But what would you rather have? A nut who thinks you're out to get him or a nut who realizes you don't really care? That's what Trump did. He removed a psychological variable that had all of us on edge. The media wants you to forget this. An accidental
21: alert went out across Hawaii, urging people to take shelter due to an incoming ballistic missile. The false alarm was eventually called off, but not before Hawaiians and tourists started scrambling, even saying their goodbyes.
26: It's like that never happened. You know, I'm thinking Hawaii should send Trump a gift basket, you know, with those chocolate covered macadamia nuts. I love those. Still, he's not going to win the prize. You know, who has got a greater chance. This guy. Or this guy. Hell, even just the pillow has a better chance. But Trump's accomplishments are deeds and the media prefers words from private conversations, unproven allegations defined as bombshells, then called mostly confirmed from the same source. It's like me telling you that I'm a woodland nymph. When you ask for confirmation, you go to Tyrus and he says, yeah, he told me that too. It's hard for the press. You got a guy who says offensive things privately yet makes the world safer. They'd wish he'd just be polite, like other presidents who send more people to their deaths. Fact is, Trump is handing out peace plans like sunblock at a nudist camp. But that doesn't matter, because in a world of camels, Trump's completely unfiltered. And the media will always interpret his words at their worst. But you know who else says offensive things privately? You, me, the hypocrites in media. Hell, some even kiss Trump's rump.
25: I think the other guys are going to gang up on him tremendously. And I think he's going to hold his own as he does every time. He's never lost a debate. And you know what? He, he, he's good at this. I have all these proposals for him. Like, I, I want to do a weekly, you know, I, I want to do a weekly show with him and all this stuff. When is he back in New York tomorrow? Do you know?
26: <laughs> Private conversation. Terrible. Speaking of CNN. I wonder if they'll trot out an old carcass to say Woodward's bombshells are graver than Watergate.
5: We listen to him cover up this grave national emergency. This is one of the great presidential felonies of all time. Maybe the greatest presidential felony. And we have the smoking gun tape of the president committing the felony. The facts here are even graver than in Watergate.
26: Talk about Grave, he's not far from one. But I miss him, it's been days since we heard that.
5: What we are watching in the Trump presidency is worse than Watergate. Are there echoes of Watergate in this? And there are, as you know, I've said before that what we're seeing uh, is worse than Watergate.
26: You know, maybe Watergate wasn't so bad if everything's worse than it. So Trump refused to panic the public while, behind the scenes, he went to work. How is this a bombshell or a smoking gun when we already heard about it publicly?
30: Is there any fairness to the criticism that you may have
1: lulled Americans into a false sense of security when you were saying things like it's going to go away?
7: I'm a positive person. This is really easy to be negative about, but I want to give people hope to. You know, I'm a cheerleader for the country. We're going through the worst thing that the country's probably
26: ever seen. Wow, that's some cover-up. How's that a smoking gun? But I do wonder how Bob Woodward gets these gigs. Agreeing to be interviewed by Woodward is like accepting an invitation for dinner from Jeffrey Dahmer. It's pot luck, but you're in the pot. But the media wants Trump to tell us we're all going to die, because that's their MO. Here's an analogy. A good doctor sees something on an X-ray, isn't sure what it is. What's he do? He tells you they're going to do another test. It might be nothing, so don't panic. Why does he say that? Because unnecessary panic is cruelty. You don't do that. The media does. What if CNN were your doctor? Out of the blue, he gives you a call. Look, he says, my sources tell me you may have cancer. Insiders say they heard allegedly it might be malignant. Now, if true, you only have days to live. And here's Carl Bernstein live from DC to tell you it's worse than leprosy. And when you ask to see the actual data, he says, sorry, anonymous source, but tune in tomorrow when we pretend we never said this at all. And let's not forget who really played down the pandemic. It's a classic cut.
1: You're saying what happened in other countries versus what happened here. Uh, We don't even think it's going to be as bad as it was in other countries.
18: Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're again, careful, safe and come join us.
26: Half of the people in America do not get a flu shot. And the flu
1: right now is far deadlier. So if you're freaked out at all about the coronavirus, you should be more concerned about the flu. And for the vast majority of New Yorkers, life is going on pretty normally right now, and we want to encourage that.
26: And now these fools accuse Trump of what they themselves did, as they also spent months denying the chaotic violence as cities burned. Here's an oldie but a goodie.
25: I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly.
7: But fires have been started.
26: <laughs> Some fires. So you think there's a little transference going on here to get you to ignore their own idiocy? They want you, once again, to set your hair on fire over Trump's words. But I won't, because offensive things said privately, it's not news. But peace deals are. But these idiots see off-the-record words as bigger than deeds, redefining private conversations as breaking news when it's just breaking wind. Meanwhile, you're kind of happy there's less war and maybe lower taxes. Sure, it'd be great if Trump tweeted and talked less, but that's different than saying, I wish he'd stop starting endless wars. We never have to say that. But with less than two months away, there will be at least 60 more bombshells, one a day, and the media will embrace these duds while denying actual explosions on the street, maybe they deserve a Nobel Prize for fiction.
4: Period.
31: Let's welcome tonight's guest, he must be made Well, the way that President Trump explains it, and he said this uh, to Woodward on March 19th, uh, if you take a listen.
7: I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic.
31: He said something similar this afternoon. He said he didn't want to create a panic. That's why he downplayed it. He said leadership is about confidence.
6: Yeah, and that's why we have no confidence in his leadership.
31: Uh, Woodward also reports that uh, former Defense Secretary James Mattis uh said that Trump quote has no moral compass uh and that even floated collective action uh with Dan Coats the director of national intelligence because Trump is quote unfit Woodward also says um that Coats couldn't shake the suspicion that Putin had something on Trump Trump what do you make of this from his advisors
6: with regard to our friends like Japan another and, and and South Korea He's made some cockamamie deal to his good friend, sending love letters to Kim Jong Un. I mean, what in God's? I mean, to, to to Kim in South North Korea, what in God's name is that all about? He gave them legitimacy. We had firm firm constraints on what they could buy and what they could sell in their economies. He's blown it. He's given them so much credibility. They're closer to nuclear weapon than they were before. He did the same thing in Iran. I mean. This America first has made America alone.
31: Coming up next, one last question for you, sir. If you're elected, you would be the oldest president ever. Um, And I know you've said it's fair for anybody to ask questions about anybody over 70 and their health. The American people have been lied to before by presidents about the president's health FDR, JFK, Ronald Reagan. We don't know still what happened with Donald Trump and his visit to Walter Reed last year. Will you pledge that if you're elected, you will be transparent about your health, all facets of your health, with urgency so that we know.
18: You demonize and then you, we call it the wrap-up smear. If you want to talk politics, you call it the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest and then you merchandise it. And then you write it, and they'll say, see, it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this, so they have that validation that the press reported the smear, and then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. And it's it's a tactic.
3: I played that second soundbite on purpose. That is Nancy Pelosi pretty much admitting what they do with the media to get stories out there and push their cause. And that's pretty much what we've had for the entire Trump presidency. I mean, really think about it. Just get a story. It doesn't have to be true. You just put the story out there and the media runs with it after, you know, the Dems plan it and we roll around with this bullshit and then Tapper Literally leading him. Just leading him. Because a man can't answer questions. My wife could, we could do a whole show just my wife take the fuck over. A soundbite she finds of this dickhead literally not making any sense. I mean, just no sense at all. But we can't expect anything else from CNN. CNN is the Biden network. There is actual proof, because remember, every time we do this um, election cycle, what will happen is the media will do a loving biography of whoever the left is going to run. All right? It, it's happened every time. We had the Hillary. Hell, we had Hillary in twenty fucking uh, twenty thirteen. They were wanting to run shit for Hillary, and they did a Biden one. Okay, so the Biden one came out, and long story short, it had him hugging a girl, and said girl was wearing a. Redskin hat. And they edited out the redskin. People caught it because they'd seen this regurged fucking Biden as the man of the people. He's been in Washington forever. He is the greatest legislator we ever had, even though you can't name anything he's done. Blah, 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 blah. And they didn't want him to get caught up in their film with a redskin hat back when we weren't stupid and didn't have a problem with the redskins. No! So they edited it out. Really think about that. Do you think they'd edited out anything for Trump? Does anybody believe that? Anybody? No. Fuck to the no they wouldn't. So like Gutfeld said, we're going to have stupid all the way to the end of the presidency because they really don't know what's going to help them or not. Drew Holden put, against, put some really great stuff about social distancing because it's a couple stories this week are about social distancing. And Thread, the level of concern the media had for social distancing during the RNC at the White House versus the protest. Politico. The seating arrangement for Trump's acceptance speech in the White House drew scrutiny on social media. The thousands gathered for the 57th March on Washington National Mall on Friday heard civil rights leader call for policy reform. Nobody talked about it at all. They weren't alone. CBS News and Weijia. Weijia says President Trump was trying to put the pandemic in the rear view in the crowd of the RNC speech. A picture of what the president wants to be the U.S., which is a crowd that appears to be not social distancing. Same thing. Hundreds of protesters right outside the perimeter of the White House, aiming to disrupt the president's speech. And they didn't have masks. Uh, Maddow. We didn't expect there would be a lot of social distancing, but here is none for Trump. Maddo, again, the march is on. It's pretty much an innumerable tsunami of people surging east. BuzzFeed, an estimated 1,500 people are expected at the White House. More than 50 people were only supposed to be there by D.C. rules. Activists at the march in Washington say Jacob Blake's shooting was re-energized. Black Lives Matter. Oh, really? feed again. A large crowd of President Trump's RNC basically ignored COVID. 18 inspiring photos from the march on Washington. Axios, CNN chief medical correspondent, Sanjay Gupta, said that some attendees at Trump's expected speech at the RNC are likely to contact the coronavirus. CNN, again, thousands are expected to gather today at Lincoln Memorial to commemorate the anniversary of historic civil rights. And it goes on. And on and on. Then he does a second masterpiece. Everything about our present moment. Everything about our present moment fits in this meme format. The vaccine. Public fakes in the coronavirus laying down. Camilla Harris. Why would Donald Trump do this? The Atlantic story. Same concept. California. And you can see the pictures. It makes so much better. It's basically they do something. They blame Trump for it. American people ignore the fucking shit. And then they hate the American people because the American people won't think like them. And it is repetitive to the point that it hurts your goddamn spleen. They are so. Fucking team Biden.
0: I literally made a fucking soundbite of Biden love. As we all remember, he ended up losing pretty significantly in the Nevada primary. And the statistic that just came out, he is way below Hillary Clinton, about 15 to 20 points in Florida, which is a really significant hit. And what's really interesting is it seems the chickens are coming home to roost with um, Cuban-Americans being, tending to be more socially conservative. Um, the Trump campaign has done a really good job of getting voters out and getting candidates out, specifically Latino uh, Republican candidates in the Miami-Dades County, which is the this county where this was polled and i think it's interesting uh-huh. right now we're in a moment where there's a lot of hispanic voters and latino voters that hear socialism and hear this word being thrown around by factions of the democratic party and they don't think sweden they think about cuba and they think about venezuela and i think it'll be really interesting to find out in the upcoming weeks if the biden campaign doubles down and tries to go out and and do some grassroots campaigning in florida or if they're just going to let it go because 15 to 20 points is pretty significant
19: Okay, well, Sonny, are you surprised to hear that?
21: I actually wasn't surprised to hear it because um, Cubans in Florida typically do vote Republican. Um, that wasn't a surprise to me. Um, it wasn't surprise, uh, a surprise to me that black voters are overwhelmingly the backbone of the Democratic Party, 83% in, in favor of Biden. You know, you hear all of this coming from the Trump campaign about how black people have nothing to lose and they are going to overwhelmingly vote for Trump. And you had all the black people props all over the RNC talking about all the stuff they've done for, for the black community. You heard Sarah Sanders yesterday talking about all the things that have been done uh, for the black community by the Trump uh, you know administration they're not voting for trump um so the poll wasn't really that surprising to me because latinos have um been very supportive uh and and have voted republican for for quite some time
19: right was it a surprise to anybody else how about you joy is it
21: well isn't this his home state they should they should be voting for him and he's really on the cusp of losing there (laughs) it's his second we know new yorkers can't stand him but florida supposedly likes him And, and do Latinos, uh, the Latinos are looking at what he said about immigrants and what he said about Mexicans
28: and the children in the cages at the border, are they paying attention? That so-called hard hat riot is a scene, Joe, that you focus in on in your latest column for The Washington Post. It's titled, Trump is destroying the Republican Party. Why won't any of his peers speak up? And in it, you write in part this. Perhaps no scene better dramatizes the turbulent political age that we have been passing through for a half century than the hard hat riot of 1970. That violent showdown in lower Manhattan pitted anti-war protesters against enraged union members who took umbrage at long-haired hippies they saw as desecrating the American flag. The chaotic event long ago passed into political folklore for conservatives, helping to mark the moment when white working class identity shifted from economic to cultural. As Vanderbilt history professor Jefferson Cary wrote in The New York Times in May, the new class war would be waged not against the...
30: Remember yesterday you guys talked about, very briefly, how Donald Trump is still polling very strongly among those who believe he will handle the economy better. Uh, than Joe Biden, right? Even though the numbers are what they are, there is this sense that Donald Trump can, in fact, be the one to hold off the radical left, the socialists uh, that that Donald, that Joe Biden is supposedly uh, beholden to. So there's a sense in which the strategy, maybe, and I might be wrong here, kind of relies on these twin efforts: double down on grievance and fear. And on selfishness and self-interest that many folk will in the suburbs will not take the risk of betting on Joe Biden because Joe Biden and the radical left will jeopardize their economic well-being, their 401ks and the like.
21: And then I got scared for the country, be- for the mean. country, oh, okay. because I started thinking about the 25th Amendment. If I'm being honest, I started mm-hmm. thinking about his fitness to lead the country because it sounded uh, um, uh, it, it sounded like the rantings of, well. of someone that was unstable. Well, you know, I'm not a physician. And so I, I think it's inappropriate to opine about mental fitness. It, it almost feels crap.
3: They are so fucking butt blind. Newsweek. Trump approval rating rises after controversial Atlantic Atlantic article poll shows. Because we don't believe you. Chris Saliza. Donald Trump was a lot less rich today. And he thought that was a get and people said, yeah, he's not even taking pay. But you thought that was, oh, look at him. He's not that good. We'll run with anything. We got to find fucking something. MSN, Trump said he feels no responsibility to understand the pain of black Americans' experience. Political insider, a bunch of people ran with that. Off an inane comment, just like all Mexicans are murderers and rapists, all fucking people are good on both sides. Everything. RNC research, Joe Biden gets confused again, reading a teleprompter. You know why the media is in overdrive? What
6: the fuck is this man saying? And what makes his wild claims and hopes? He now hopes we don't notice what he said, or won't remember. And when he does follow through, or doesn't do when follow through, the exact opposite.
3: there's so much biden fucking bias out there. Here's Megan McCain, somebody who hates Trump.
0: You're talking about enablers. There was a lot of misinformation going around about the virus from the very beginning. And when we were, Dr. Fauci actually yesterday said he quote, didn't get any sense Trump was distorting anything about the coronavirus. As a a conservative, I am always questioning big government. I'm always questioning our leaders. I think for the most part, everyone who works in DC is an idiot. And I remember being told that "Master, fine, I can travel safely, and the coronavirus was no worse than the flu for a long period of time. So there was a lot of misinformation. I will say that... I heard that, Joy. Just let me finish, then you can talk. Uh, Mm -hmm. I will say, right now, a new CBS poll came out saying that 60% of the American public distrust President Trump on the coronavirus, but 65% distrust the media. And I think if we go back in time, there was a period of time when Nancy Pelosi was going to Chinatown saying, come around here, that it's racist to close the borders, that it's racist to put a cap on China. And I think it's, it's bad all the way around. But going to the initial point of this Bob Woodward interview, I... I cannot tell you the levels of insanity and stupidity you have to be in politics to give 18 hours to any journalist on the record, period. If Bob Woodward said, hey, Megan, what did you have for breakfast? I'd say, off the record, Bob, no comment. And then I would call my war room and I would call my spin room and I'd say, what does he want? What's going on? And what kind of angle does he have? Because as Republicans, this is almost famous all the time. They're the enemy and they are here to make you look bad. So the idea that you're going to let... Literally a, a shark coming in the, the What do you think is going to happen? For a Republican, the media is. I would never let my principal ever, under any circumstances, do an on-the-record interview with, with someone like Bob Woodward in a, I... for a book. Sorry, Senator. McCaskill no,
21: said I'm... he's too stupid to be president.
0: Why I
3: play that is because that is what majority Americans believe right now. Her poll is correct. It's a correct poll. The reality is Americans trust Trump over the media and any other form of government because everybody's been lying for over a fucking year almost on this goddamn virus. And when the media coddles China to try to pull it off, it makes you go, what the actual fuck? Plus, her point is spot on. When in our lifetime has the media not tried to make Republicans look bad? The simple fact that you won't ask Biden any questions says all I need to know. The simple fact that you're in this kind of spin mode at the end of election tells me you know you don't have all the black votes. You don't have all the Latino votes you need to win a city, thus win a state. And you don't have the kids Because Biden, once again, doesn't incite children to go vote. You're trying to replicate Don Lemon with his little quote to start our show. That Obama fervor. Biden ain't Obama. So as we segue into our woke section, our music is students saying how horrible a second Trump term would be. I was going to play them doing another... Well, uh, that's horrible because they thought it was Trump, but then they realized it wasn't Trump, it was Kamala Harris. This one shows you they're just parroting whatever the fuck their teacher told them, as we'll see in Woke.
12: This is Addison Smith with Campus Reform. We're at Virginia Tech today asking students what they think four more years of Trump is going to look like. But what happens if the Joe Biden and Kamala Harris ticket prevails? How do they think Trump's going to react? Let's see what they have to say. So 2020 election coming up in November. What do you think is going to happen if Trump gets reelected? What do you think four more years of Trump would look like?
16: Honestly, uh, if he gets reelected, I think things are going to get worse. I I think Biden's got to win this one.
4: Tensions will be heightened like just it won't get better. It just won't get better. More conspiracy theories. It's just going to be a
12: mess. (laughs) I don't think it will be good. What is it about Trump that you don't think another four years of him would be any good? Um, This is hard. I'm on the spot. I
9: don't think it would be really good because he hasn't really handled like the COVID stuff as well as he should.
29: You probably could have handled the pandemic a little better, but other than that, I don't really know what the next four years will look like.
32: I don't know. I don't think the last four years have proven very good for us. I'm not very
12: optimistic for the next four years. Uh, um, I think the response to um, the unrest in, in the country right now has not been um, appropriate. So, so you think that at the at the White House, all the the riots and everything, that he should be going out there and talking to those to the people? Yes. There's a good chance that he's probably not very safe doing that. I think I think at this time, um, it's his duty. It, it, I mean, they've set up they've set up guillotines outside the White House with a fake Trump head. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think I'd I'd want to go out there. Yeah, but it's he, as the leader of this country, it's his. At least he needs to address these people. If Trump does win, I think uh, we're going to be in a very bad place. With him, it's not going to get as better as we think it should.
27: I don't think it can get much worse. It Probably, I feel like if he has four more years, he can probably fix some things.
12: What do you think will happen if Biden does get reelected? How do you think Trump is going to react to losing reelection?
11: I think there's going to be a lot of comments about fake news, about... Um, infiltrations of panels that shouldn't have happened, um, possibly coercion with other
32: foreign governments. If Biden does get elected, I think uh, President Trump's definitely going to make a huge fiasco out of it.
11: Twitter rampage. He's definitely going to push out like false
32: information and whatnot. Just, yeah. There's probably going to be some last ditch efforts to try to stay in office, but um, I think it's all going to stay futile. I
9: wouldn't be surprised if he like tries to scheme because, you know, that's just kind of how he is. I don't think he'll actually like really care that much
29: i definitely think he'll try and defy it just because that's
12: his personality so
27: i don't think he'll be super thrilled he probably will go on a twitter
9: rampage since that seems like something he tends to do
12: you you don't think he'll he'll handle it professionally
9: oh absolutely not i think it's going to be kind of chaotic because right now it's kind of chaotic and he's not really handling it the way he should be how should
12: he be handling it do you think i
9: feel like he should like show that he like cares more by like uh trying to like abide by the citizens and what they feel and i feel like he's more focused on look making himself look a certain way or look good rather than focusing on what's going on in the world right now so welcome back to flyover politic podcast
0: with tony reed
4: Let's get a walk
0: okay. Okay. How dare you
27: It's not all about energy It's about raising awareness for climate change in schools and all over Charlotte Because here's you. the thing Changes can be made. This is the first step to radical action and we need it to happen. How dare you?
4: We will make sure they that we put them against the wall. You 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 know you're pollutant. Too much CO2. So we have to get rid of the babies. That's a big problem, just stopping having babies that's not enough. We need to
18: eat the babies. How dare you? Mother Earth is angry. The heat dome over the entire
7: West Coast of the United States, when you have temperatures, record-breaking temperatures, record droughts, then you've got something else at play. And that's exactly what the scientists have been predicting for half a century. It is here now. California, folks, is America Fast Forward. What we're experiencing right here is coming to community all across the United States of America unless we get our act together on climate change, unless we disabuse ourselves of all the BS that's being spewed by a very small group of people that have an ideological reason to advance the cause of a 19th century framework and solution. We're not going back to the 19th century. We're not apologists to that status quo. We believe in the fresh air of progress versus the stale air, emphasis, stale air, normalcy. This perfect storm, the debate is over around climate change. Just come to the state of California. Observe it with your own eyes. It's not an intellectual debate. It's not even debatable. We're in the midst of a climate emergency. Uh, We're in the midst of a climate crisis. Uh, We are experiencing weather conditions the likes of which we've never experienced in our lifetime. We're experiencing what so many people predicted decades and decades ago, but all of that now is
29: reality. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Massive wildfires, unprecedented in their scope, continue to sweep across huge portions of the West tonight. In Oregon, half a million residents have been forced to evacuate their homes. That's one of every 10 people in the entire state. Dozens are dead, including small children. But the fires still are not close to contained. Watch this report from Fox's Jeff Paul. Months of tender dry conditions
8: added to days of high winds and hot temperatures, creating a perfect firestorm across the West. California is one of the hardest hit, with a record-breaking 3 billion acres burned and nearly 4,000 homes and buildings lost so far. A 12-year-old boy and his grandmother are among the latest deaths. The flames are spreading so fast, it really doesn't give people much time to get out. The fire's also taking a toll in Washington state, where more than 100 homes are gone, and a one-year-old boy died as his family tried to flee the flames. And in Oregon, more than 35 fires are burning, with at least five small towns destroyed.
29: Resources across the West are stretched thin. It is awful, and it continues as we speak right now. Walls of flame consuming everything in their path. Homes, thousands and thousands, untold numbers of animals, and of course, as we said, human beings too. It is tragedy on a massive scale. When something this terrible happens, decent people pause. They put their own interests aside for a moment. They consider how they can help. We've seen that kind of selflessness before in this country. This is, remember, the anniversary of 9-11. But there are others for whom altruism is an unknown concept. Self-interest is all they know. These people do not pause. They never do. They relentlessly press forward for any advantage under any circumstances. They see human suffering as a means to increase their personal power. These are the people who turn funerals into political rallies and feel no shame for doing it. As Americans burned to death, people like this swung into action immediately. They went on television with a partisan talking point. Climate change, they said, caused these fires. They didn't explain how exactly that happened. How did climate change do that? They didn't tell us, but they just kept saying it. In the hands of democratic politicians, climate change is like systemic racism in the sky. You can't see it, but rest assured it's everywhere and it's deadly. And like systemic racism, it is your fault. The American middle class did it. They caused climate change. They ate too many hamburgers. They drove too many SUVs. They had too many children. A lot of them wear t-shirts to work and didn't finish college. And that causes climate change too. And worst of all, some of them may vote for Donald Trump in November. And if there's anything that absolutely, definitively causes climate change, and literally over 100% of scientists agree with this established fact, it is voting for Donald Trump. You might as well start a tire fire in your yard. Joe Biden has checked the science, and he agrees with this. Yesterday, the people on Biden's staff who understand the Internet tweeted out an image of the wildfires along with this message, quote, climate change is already here, and we're witnessing its devastating effects every single day. We have to get President Trump out of the White House, end quote. So once again, by voting for Donald Trump, you are causing climate change, which causes devastating fires. You, by your vote, have made hundreds of thousands of Oregonians homeless tonight. You've murdered people. Joe Biden's closest friend in the world, a prominent kite surfer on Martha's Vineyard called Barack Obama, echoed that message with his trademark restraint. Obama declared that your life depends on voting for Joe Biden. Well, hold on a minute, you might ask. Doesn't this very same Barack Obama own a $12 million spread right on the ocean in Massachusetts? At a time when sea levels are rising so fast, we're about to see killer whales in the Rockies. Well, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem like Barack Obama could be very concerned about climate change. And by the way, didn't Obama go to law school? When did he become a scientist? Those seem like reasonable questions. On the other hand, lawyers pretending to be scientists are now everywhere in the Democratic Party. Here, for example, is the governor of Washington State, Jay Inslee. Inslee's a proud graduate of Willamette University Law School. He's explaining that he's already figured out the cause of the fires. Watch.
23: And these are conditions that are exacerbated by the changing climate that we are suffering. And I do not believe that we should surrender these subdivisions or these houses to climate change exacerbated fires we should fight the cause of these fires
29: so i mismanaged my state now it's on fire you're required to give me more power right you see how that works but as a factual matter this is a crock there is not a single scientist on earth who knows whether or by how much these fires may have been quote exacerbated by warmer temperatures caused by climate change. All we have is conjecture from a handful of scientists and many politicians, none of whom has reached a definitive conclusion. Daniel Swain, for example, he's a climate scientist at UCLA, conceded recently that it's, quote, hard to determine whether climate change played a role in sparking the fires. Okay, that's what science is. It's gradual, it's incremental, often it's tentative. We don't say things we don't know for certain. It's the opposite of politics. They have nothing in common. Meanwhile, back in the material world, investigators have determined that the massive El Dorado fire in California, which has torched nearly 14,000 acres, was caused by people setting off some kind of fireworks. And then on Wednesday, police announced that a criminal investigation is underway into the massive Alameda fire in Ashland, Oregon, the southern part of the state. The sheriff there said it's too early to say what caused the fire. But he did say human remains were found at the suspected origin of it. So nothing is being ruled out tonight, including arson. As always with these things, the more you know, the more facts, the more details you know, the more complicated it becomes. So serious people, and there are still some, are just beginning to gather evidence to figure out how this started and thinking through how to prevent it going forward. But at the same time, unfortunately, our media are giving voice to deeply unserious people, partisan people, and they're on television drowning out nuance. Don't worry about the facts, they say. Just trust us. The sky is orange over San Francisco because households making 40 grand a year made the mistake of voting Republican. Therefore, you must give us total control of the nation's economy, the Green New Deal. It's mandatory now. Watch amateur arson detective Nancy Pelosi explain. Mother Earth is angry. She's telling us, whether she's telling
18: us with hurricanes on the Gulf Coast, or fires in the West, whatever it is, that the climate crisis is real and has an impact.
29: Mother Nature is angry? Please. When was the last time Nancy Pelosi went outside? Could she identify a single tree? No one asked her, of course. All we know is what she said. Climate change caused this. Of course it did. Because no matter what the natural disaster is, hurricanes, tornadoes, acne, whatever, climate change did it. In other words, you did it. And to repent for doing it, you need to give us full control of your life. Now keep in mind the person telling you this, Nancy Pelosi, owns at least two sub-zero freezers. She showed them to us on television. Each one costs $10,000. They use a lot of energy. And like Barack Obama, like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi constantly flies around the country privately between her multi million dollar estates. So, if she cared about climate change, of course, she wouldn't be doing that. She doesn't. And neither do her supporters. Otherwise, they'd be massed outside of her estates in anger. They wouldn't be trying to destroy the hair salon that exposed her hypocrisy. But it's not about science. It's certainly not about the earth. Again, these are people who don't go outside, who know nothing about nature. It's about blaming and ritually humiliating the American middle class for daring to elect someone they don't like. Joe Biden knows that the Pennsylvanians who'd be financially ruined by the fracking ban he supports are the same Pennsylvanians who flipped Pennsylvania red in 2016 for the first time in a generation. Think they're holding a grudge? You bet they are. One of the reasons Joe Biden doesn't go outside because his handlers won't allow him is because when he does – he has a tendency to show pure undisguised contempt for the middle class he supposedly cares so deeply about. In 2019, you'll remember, he openly mocked coal miners. He suggested they just get programming jobs once they're all fired. Watch.
6: I come from a family where an, an area where coal mining is grand. Anybody who could go down 300 to 3000 feet in the mine, sure he hell can learn how to program as well.
29: Learn to code hilarious. Joe Biden should learn to code. Keep us posted on how that goes. But there isn't time for that. The world is ending. There's no time to pause and savor the deep layers of hypocrisy here. Stop. We're too busy. We're measuring our lives in minutes now. Last summer, Sandy Cortez did the math on all of this. She's good at math. And she calculated we only have 12 years left to live.
21: The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. Like, this is the war. This is our World War II.
29: Man, that sounds bad. And we're starting to wreck your night on a Friday. But actually, it's worse than that. Much worse than that. Consider this. Just four months after she gave us that warning, Sandy Cortez tweeted that we only have 10 years to cut carbon emissions in half. So think about that. We lost two years in just four months. At that rate, we could literally all be dead unless Joe Biden wins in November, which is, of course, what they're saying underneath it all. On Tuesday, California Governor Gavin Newsom pretty much said it out loud. Newsom has abandoned science completely. He did it long ago. Science is too stringent for Gavin Newsom, too Western, too patriarchal. Newsom is now a man of faith. He's decided that climate change caused all of this. And that's final. He's not listening to any other arguments. Watch. Watch.
7: I have no patience, and I say this lovingly, not as an ideologue, but as someone who prides himself on being open to argument, interested in evidence, but I quite literally have no patience for climate change deniers. Uh, It simply follows uh, completely inconsistent, that point of view, with the reality on the ground.
29: Uh Uh-huh. I'm not an ideologue, but anyone who disagrees with me must be ignored and eliminated. I don't want to hear any countervailing facts or evidence, none. But I'm not an ideologue. So people like Gavin Newsom has announced they don't want to listen to climate change deniers, which raises the central question. What is a climate change denier? Well, climate change denier is anyone who thinks a ruling class has done a very poor job running their states, running their country, protecting the people they were hired to protect and watch over. So are we climate change deniers? If we point out that the state of California has failed to implement meaningful deforestation measures that might have dramatically slowed the spread of these wildfires, does that make us deniers? Because in 2018, a state oversight agency in California found that years of poor or non-existent forest management policies in the Sierra Nevada forests had contributed to the fires. One of the few Republicans who still holds elected office in that state, State Assemblyman Heath Flora, last year called on using the state's $22 billion budget surplus, probably the last one in its history, to implement vegetation management because fires don't obviously spread as well if they're not connected by huge forests, which function as kindling. All of that is obvious, which means you can't say it out loud. The natural world facts nature itself is anathema to ideologues like this. The same people telling you they're protecting nature, hate nature, everything about nature. Presumably, you're also a climate change denier. If you point out that six of the Oregon National Guard's wildfire fighting helicopters aren't in Oregon anymore, where are they, you might wonder? They're in Afghanistan. So instead of dropping water to suppress the blazes, the Chinook helicopters are busy supplying a war effort that's been going on for nearly 20 years for no reason. So how'd that happen? And what's the effect of it? Those might be good questions to ask of, I don't know, Gavin Newsom, Jay Inslee, governor of Oregon. Does anyone even care? And the answer, of course, is no, nobody cares about the details at all. They don't care about the lives of the people they govern. They don't care about facts. They don't care about science. It was just last week that the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, admitted on the record that LA has become completely third world, which it has, unfortunately. Of course, Garcetti didn't blame himself for the degradation of one of the great American cities that he runs. No, he blamed you, you did it. Quote. It's almost 3 p.m., Garcetti tweeted. Time to turn off major appliances. Set the thermostat to 78 degrees or use a fan instead. Turn off excess lights and unplug any appliances you're not using. We need every Californian to help conserve energy. Please do your part. Oh, you gotta wonder if you were able to go to Garcetti's house, which you're not, can't get past the bodyguards you pay for, but if you were, is he following these recommendations? No. But it's not about him. It's about the people he's supposed to be helping, the ones he's now blaming. He wants them to suffer to fix a problem that he and his fellow Democrats in California created. Even now, as residents are facing sweeping power outages in addition to the wildfires. In the meantime, Gavin Newsom has vowed that 50% of the energy in California, 50% of their grid, will be based on, quote, renewable sources within a decade. That means sources like wind and solar power. The truth is, you can't dial up wind or solar in moments of extreme demand, moments like right now, during the heat wave sweeping California. Gavin Newsom was asked last month whether he would consider revising his stance, given that the blackouts have left millions of Californians without power and presumably killed people, because that's what happens when you don't have electricity. And Newsom responded this way, quote, we are going to radically change the way we produce and consume energy. In other words, No. We're not.
3: I had to do the fires. First of
29: all, <clears throat> I'm not
3: belittling them because, you know, I, I have families there, all right? And it's horrible. My brother had an evac. His house is under threat. My parents are covered in snu- uh, soot. I mean, it's really bad. But the instantaneous, overbearing, climate change bullshit just astounds me every time it happens it astounds me that they think america's gonna buy that we're not stupid you don't get the tinder and stuff off the ground you don't you know too much deforestation here you're putting houses where they don't belong it's not climate change is climate change real yes Are we going to die in 10 years or whatever AOC is saying? No. I mean, I said it the other day, arguing with a liberal. Climate change. The Green New Deal is to climate change like a basketball hoop is to football. It has nothing to do with it. We're already putting steps in to fix it. But you people just act a fool every time you can... Play your little games. One story that came from it 300 plus campers are stared by fire. CAL FIRE tells them no hope of extraction. Prepare to jump in the lake to survive. Army pilots are told not to go in. They say go suck a dick. And they go in with Blackhawks into a canyon in terrible visuals, but they have night vision goggles and they rescue all 300. Great story. Um, we don't have a gay section today. But I had to cover, oh my God in heaven, this Burger King in Sweden thing, and and it's hard to articulate on a podcast, but I can just say the picture is gruesome of the Burger King soulfully kissing Ronald McDonald, Burger King's prime campaign in Finland. Uh, Burger King celebrated Alinsky Pride in Finland with the most unusual advertising campaign that featured the royal mascot kissing Ronald McDonald. The image which appears in public spaces throughout Finland were part of September's Pride Month. And once again, that's how the left looks at the world. Oh, that's so brave. That's so woke. When the rest of us go, that's fucking gross. What the fucking fuck? Then to our call our college section, which we're not really doing today, I got to start with this. This is um, Lee Zeldin, college instructor, trying her best during class to indoctrinate students to vote against Trump. This is what your fucking tuition dollars are buying. Four years, because
21: that's what people say. Give him a chance, give him a chance. Well, he's had four friggin' years of a chance, and he's done a crap job, and he's really ruining our country. Many of you, this may be the first time that you're voting. Um, I'm sorry it's such a contentious situation that you're being trusted into. Um, if any of you do still think Trump, um, you know, is a good person, I beg you to not only go into your heart center and think about this a little more, pull up all the stuff that he's been doing um, to our country, taking away so many of our rights. He's trying to turn this into more of a... Um, you know, dictatorship uh, type of situation. But
4: with voting, um, if you want to register to
3: vote, the in our COVID section, well, I guess I should close that out. Well, why do you do that? As a teacher, you're supposed to make people, remember I was an instructor. I was a drill sergeant. You, you make them come to their own conclusions. When somebody comes to their own conclusion on things and you present the evidence, it becomes their decision, not yours. And they grow as a human being. That's not what liberals do. Liberals are about, I tell you what to do. If you don't do it, you're stupid. You're a loser. Tatiana McGrath sums up the left. The impasse to diversity is people who don't think exactly like me. She tweeted that. She believes it. That's the left. It's, it's just horrible. No opposing views. But our COVID's brief today. A lot of reporters trying to catch people, then they get caught. I'm not going to play the mask game. My favorite was reporter asked Kaylee McKinney, uh, Why is it okay for the president to have thousands of people outdoor rallies? She explains, They're peaceful protesters. <laughs> then the media went after another conservative thing. The Sturgis Motorcycle Rally held in South Dakota may have cost 250,000 new coronavirus cases. The Hill Sturgis Motorcycle Rally was super spreading event. Reasons a non-liberal or non-conservative site. No, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally didn't spawn 250,000 coronavirus cases. Whole article. It did not. They just lied. And it's the hypocrisy of them, and that's what ends up killing your cause, folks. That's why you're not using the COVID as effectively as you think you could use it and blaming it on Trump. When you allow all these protests and don't say a fucking word and actually have experts on to go, well, it's more important because racism is more deadly than COVID. Well, okay. Well, then you guess COVID's not that deadly. Then Twitter does a Twitter moment. Undocumented farm workers risk COVID while working to supply your food. Really? Then we have Bill McGewan, I'm not going to play it. KFIAM 640 has obtained an audio recording of LA County Public Health Director Dr. Ferrer repeatedly saying in a conference call that she doesn't expect k 12 schools to reopen till we're done with the election in November. And of course, that's the way it is, because they don't want the economy to be fucked. They want people to get back to work so that the economy can be great, and they can go on their next re-election and midterm on, look what Biden did to the economy, because we're all idiots, and we'll forget that, yeah, yeah, it was COVID. Trust for information about virus, as I said, your governor, 55 now, 69 in March, the CDC, 54 now, 86 in March. Trump, 40 and 45. Media, 30. They only started at 45. What does that fucking tell you, media? But I will play one soundbite. North Carolina Nurse corrects CNN Live because they're blaming Trump and she corrects it. And we'll go into everything is racist.
11: I'm a nurse, and I've been a nurse for 27 years. And the response to the pandemic has actually been President Trump's greatest achievement. He was the one that closed off all travel at the beginning of February. Do you guys remember what was happening in January? There were no other elected officials that were even thinking about COVID
0: because they were busy doing their impeachment. Joe Biden, he was the vice president for eight years. So why didn't they prepare for a pandemic? Everything is racing
4: racist according to me. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is
29: racist. Well here's a characteristically bizarre story from the world of higher education. A professor at George Washington University in the nation's capital has resigned after admitting that she's been lying about who she really is. For years, she's pretended to be a black woman. The professor's a woman called Jessica Krug, and she admitted in a blog post that she had abandoned her, quote, lived experience as a white Jewish child in suburban Kansas City, and instead decided to adopt a new identity rooted in, quote, North African blackness and Caribbean-rooted Bronx blackness. Of course, during her career, Krug wrote a scholarship, air quotes attached, about racial issues that, needless to say, was well-regarded by the same academic leaders who rewarded Elizabeth Warren with the American Indian chair at Harvard. Krug pretended for years and occasionally was caught on camera pretending to be someone she's not. Watch this.
27: I got a couple of things to say, and when y'all come on and tell me my time stops, out of here. It's been seven hours. Not only did I have to listen to these cops, And not just the cops, but to be honest with y'all, city council members, you posing like you're posing them for your soundbites, for your social media, for your re-election campaigns. F*** out of here. You've been supporting the cops in the pandemic.
29: So that apparently is how white liberal academics think black people talk. Pretty revealing. Really? Jason Whitlock is a writer with Outkick.com, and he joins us tonight. Jason Whitlock, thanks so much for coming on. What can we learn from this? It feels like there are lessons embedded in this story, and it's not the only one like it. Tucker,
33: this really blows my mind, but where we've gone in this country is that there is a business built around racial grievance. And that business is booming at such a level that white people are like, hey, I'm going to adopt a whole new identity so I can benefit from being baby Al Sharpton, baby Jesse Jackson. And in academia, it's the, this is being embraced, and she's been able to pull off this scam. But it's not just her. This isn't just an anecdote. We've had it with Rachel Dolezal. We've had it with uh, the Sean King guy on Twitter, who is white, who has pretended to be black, who has lied and, and said that, oh, my mother slept with a black man and she didn't tell anybody about it. All of these people moving into the race bait industry and business, yeah. and it must be very profitable and lucrative because everybody wants to be down with the calls. And y'all know that Jessica Krug is just keeping it real, you know, yo.
29: But so that that's the thing. That's what struck that's what struck me so forcefully. Here's an academic with advanced degrees who when she wants to sound African-American doesn't sound like Langston Hughes. She sounds like someone who's illiterate. So what does that tell you that she thinks about black people? It's so patronizing.
33: Tucker, I keep trying to explain it over and over and over again, and people think I'm crazy. The branding has been so strong that if you put on this label of being a liberal, there's virtually nothing you can do negative against black people that will be seen as negative white liberals i'm sorry they're the actual bigots and i know that that's going to blow a lot of people's minds but liberalism to me is now the new kkk hood bigots used to hide under hoods now they hide under the label of being a liberal and a progressive and that allows you to be as bigoted as you want to be If you want to call yourself an anti-fascist and support Black Lives Matter as a white person, that
3: means you can go out into the... That is some good shit. I watched that actually on the Tucker Show when it happened, but it hit the conservative rounds, and Jason Whitlock is 100% right. CW Channel, BLM, Bad White Cops Cover Up Killing Unarmed Black Man. Then, World's a Racist Fucked Up Place, Hulu Get Woke with New BLM comedy series see how they're trying to normalize a group that's a marxist piece of shit washington post facebook engineer quits claims racism disinformation Ashken Chowani left the company on Tuesday morning, claiming a letter, I can no longer stomach contributing to an organization that is profiting off hate in the U.S. globally, Reporter, Washington Post. Chawani who identifies as non binary, is the only latest Facebook employee to express concerns over the platform policies regarding racism, disinformation, and incitement of violence, according to the Post. Chowani reported left because the company leadership was focused on profits over promoting social good. Then we have Ben Shapiro. This was the tweet of the week, but I threw it in here. Laugh my ass off. Resist capitalism from the overpriced yoga pants for suburban white ladies. Lulamon is holding a workshop to decolonize gender and resist capitalism. A yoga pant. A workshop to unveil historical erasure and resist capitalism while we sell our pants.
26: Yeah
3: professor pretending to be black for years resigned amid backlash it's another racial dozel not going to cover it you probably saw it but I just love that when it happens because it once again proves her Warren all these people what white privilege do you speak of I mean for jobs it's better to be a person of color or gay nowadays so I'm still asking what white privilege are you talking about and then I play a video like this. Now, nah, don't push
11: me. She's 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 good. Good.
27: You see what need to she's to doing? She's putting hands now. in me. Ma'am, I need to get to the bathroom. She want board. me to go to jail. Y'all see how she
32: antagonizing me? Y'all see how the lady doing me? look, and then she coming. Look, all don't try to do is use the bathroom. The lady, The lady is getting aggressive with me. You're not listening. I'm not a child. I'm grown. I'm trying to use the bathroom. The lady is coming. I use the bathroom. Now she needs to you get to her door. Can I get to my bathroom? What do I gotta listen to? No, i you. What do I gotta listen to? Are you my boss? You are white privilege. You're not my boss. Sit down. Sit down. Okay. You're not my boss. I you. You're not my
4: boss. You're white privilege.
32: Sit down. You don't have privilege over me. Oh, I don't. Thank you. So you have privilege. I need- no, but all of a sudden you got to go back here. So you wait for me advice. to get to my okay. bathroom and have I respect have for me like advice. you've been having. And call them now. Call them. I need call to get em. to my door. Good. And I need to get to my bathroom. So, so you right and respect you. people. You have white privilege and it's not here. It's over with. It's 2020. Yes, it is. Wake up. You got a mask on. Yes, I, I do. So you're so under you're the government, government too. too. You're confined. And you don't have white privilege anymore. I'm a queen. <laughs> California. She was from a black queen.
27: Okay, I need You to don't talk to because you so son.
32: privileged that you gotta get in somebody else and tell them you're not listening. I don't have to listen to you. Then go to the bathroom. You don't, the, you you don't run annoying. me. You, you don't go to the bathroom. bathroom. You shut up and stay on okay. your lane. Okay. You have nothing to do with this, little girl. I'm not talking to you. Okay. Listen to your mama. She should've me. told I know okay. you don't care. You so grown. Ma'am,
27: I need to get to my- Okay, thank you. And I need to to the
32: bathroom. Like I said, y'all don't run people. You don't run America, you run yourself. So get off your little mentality that you better than somebody because you're not. Thank you. Yeah, huh. That's what I say. See this little shit right here? This all little mentality. But you need to understand you don't run America no more. Everyone's seated at this so, time. That Take your now. And guess what? When I was fourteen oh, they said, Oh, you people are so decided. I was shit out that white bitch when so she told me that all y'all white <laughs> people are <is> so <laughs> to say. And that's I got off that butt.
3: More of them in our this is America today, but I see a lot of that lately and I asked, um, I couldn't do that as a white person. University admission hosts space for students that do not identify as person of color. What? Feel free to drop it in and line, meet other students of color, discuss your experience of persons of color, and hopefully brainstorm solutions to issues with the BIPOC community. The description stated, non-POC cafe, where you can go and get more brainwashing. Professors across America use class time to scholar strike for racial justice. Another article showing, yeah, if you do this, I will fucking let you have time off. Another professor said it's okay to beat up right wing groups. That's being taught. That's great. Eric Hammer, the recent D. Ibram expansion on the ideas of how to be anti-racist in the Atlantic, after an absummation of why, of course, I'll vote for Biden-Harris, but also don't find what they're promising remotely sufficient. It's written by Abraham Kendi. They say it's divisive to point to bad policies as racial problem and not people, meaning they think it's unifying to go after certain racial groups as a problem. They say it's divisive to say a racial group are equal, meaning they think it's unifying to claim certain racial groups are superior or inferior. They say it's divisive to recognize and respect different cultures, meaning they think it's unifying to tell proud cultural groups to assimilate into supposedly superior white American culture. They say it isn't divisive to say Black Lives Matter, meaning they think it's unifying to respond to Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter, even though all lives are not dying at an equal rate due to covid they say it's divisive to denose, diagnose racism in America. I mean, they think it's unifying to tell black and brown and indigenous people crying out, I can't breathe, that the knee of racial policy is on their necks. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. They say it's divisive to root out racist power and policy. I mean, they think it's unifying to maintain or defend a white supremacist nation with racial... and I'm not reading anymore. That's his whole thing. But also trending on Twitter, Melania Trump barely speaks English. That, that's not racist. White head coach of the Jazz, who gave money to Burgess Owens, is getting heat back, because Burgess Owens is a conservative, which is the wrong type of black person. The Hills running articles, over a dozen people are starting their own black town only. Yeah. Yeah. Those are okay. Nobody has problems with that. That's not racist. Black owned stuff. No, that, that's not racist. What? What is wrong with you? That's not racist. Yet almost every fucking black officer and chief in the country is having to Retire or quit due to BLM attacks. Here's the latest. Detroit chief saying how fucked up everything is.
5: Nationwide civil unrest over social justice leading to the resignation of a growing number of major cities police chiefs. Some groups now calling for my next guest to step down over his crackdown on violent protests. Joining me now is Detroit police chief James Craig. Uh, chief Craig, great to see you again. For those who don't know... Thank- uh, Detroit, back in the 60s and, and 70s, was, was a city that was known for having uh, problems with riots in the streets at a time when they were generally uh, common in the United States for many different reasons. But uh, you have avoided uh, what many cities have suffered over the past six months. Uh, some people say largely due to your policing efforts. Why is that? What's What has been your... Why your measure of success in preventing the protests in Detroit from getting as out of hand as they have in other cities?
30: Well, David, let me start. Thank you for allowing me to come on your show. Um, what's so interested, interesting today, uh, These, this group, uh, they don't speak for Detroit. And that's the biggest issue. They don't speak for our community. And recently, uh, the chair of our police commission spoke boldly Chief stays. Uh, Our police officers have spoken boldly. Metro Detroit, bold speaking. We support Chief Craig. We support the Detroit Police Department. So the problem that this group has with me, I speak out boldly. I am not going to allow criminals to attack our police officers, attack property, and I absolutely am not going to allow them to take over our city streets. Just like what happened in Seattle. So we speak a very different language. They know it and they want me to leave. And so the best way to respond to that is, oh, I'm saying you should leave. You don't live in Detroit. You don't represent Detroit, so it's time for you to go.
5: Now, now the charges uh, from the groups calling for your resignation and from others, including uh, Congressman Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, is that uh, uh, you have dealt with, quote, peaceful protesters violently. How do you answer those charges?
30: You know, it's comical. Uh, that U.S. Congresswoman has never tried to sit down and have a conversation. She also has another agenda. And so she doesn't speak for a lot of Detroiters. But here's the fact. We are now in an excess of a hundred days of managing protests. Of that, there has been six instances where we've had to use force, and it's always been in response to violence perpetrated uh, by these criminals. In one instance, or several instances, where we gave uh, several warnings that you will be arrested, and took our time, took about an hour. The last time when 44 were arrested, they resisted arrest. They resisted a lawful arrest, David, and so we used that force that was necessary. So they would prefer that they just take over and do what they want to do. They do not represent Detroit. And that's what makes this city so different and this region so different.
5: Now, 20 police chiefs in the United States have have either been forced to resign or have have resigned out of frustration in dealing with city councils and mayors that had a very different approach to policing. Uh, I should mention that that at least three of those uh, police chiefs are African-Americans. And, and it leads some people to wonder why uh, forcing a police chief like the police chief of Seattle uh, or the police chief of Rochester to resign, uh, even though their, their appointment in itself was seen as, as, as healing wounds of racial injustice in the United States because they're African-American, how that helps racial justice to fire black police chiefs. What do you say to that?
30: You know, again, I have to look at Detroit. Uh, I think race has little to do with it. What has more to do with it is that these groups who are making these demands, I could care less if the police chief is male, female, black, brown, Asian. It just doesn't matter, uh, David. They want what they want. And if you're opposing their agenda or undermining it in their mind, then you got to go. So it just doesn't matter. And so, you know, as long as I have the support of our police commission, our community, uh, our mayor, and that's the other unique. I mean, how many of these police chiefs and the mayors are in alignment? The mayor doesn't want violence taking over. What impact, you know, one of your earlier shows, they talk about, you know, allowing criminals to come in. What's happening in New York right now? Mm -hmm. Businesses want to leave. Why? Because they don't feel safe. And, you know, when you allow criminals to take over uh, our streets in the manner in which these groups are doing it, it creates economic ruin. Look, Detroit knows very well what it's like going through bankruptcy, uh, the largest municipal bankruptcy, and all this talk about defunding the police. If you go against their message, in their mind, you must go. Right.
5: You know, uh, we only have about... 45 seconds left, but you look at what happened in Rochester and Pittsburgh last weekend, where businesses that had just managed to find a way to make ends meet, with uh, particularly restaurants with outdoor dining, were attacked by BLM protesters. Uh, the, the 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 people who were there, the patrons of those restaurants, were forced out. The the tables and and glassware was broken, etc. I mean, it's just tragic that businesses, most of whom are mom and pop businesses are struggling to survive and then they are attacked has nothing to do with racial justice. It just has to do with attacking seems uh, business in America
30: senseless. So when you think about that U.S. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, uh, she would have you say these are peaceful protesters just support their right to free speech. We do support right to free speech, which is evident by the number of days that these protests have been violence-free. But we're not gonna let you terrorize our community, period.
5: Police Chief James Craig from Detroit, who does have the support of his mayor, uh, and we're glad you have that support, Chief. Always a pleasure to see you. Thank you for coming on again, appreciate it. Thank you, look forward to it, bye.
3: That's not racist, though. Okay. Abortionists who bragged about sh- babies can't scream when I cut their vocal cords lost her license for her extreme abortions. I love that one. Facebook allows controversial anti-group, Antifa groups to stay online. They're letting Rose City Antifa stay, yet they've deleted the Proud Boys. From Portland. Twitter's latest update will censor discussions about election process. Concerns over voter fraud hacking the election. Twitter says tough luck for those who want to discuss this, especially the President of the United States. Will label remove false, misleading information intended to undermine public confidence. Um, the massive number of unsolicited solicited ballots will be sent to potential voters from the upcoming 2020 election in a September 3rd post on the respective platform. Twitter offered examples of what undermine confidence is dispute claims that could undermine faith in the process itself, such as unverified information about election rigging, ballot tampering, misleading claims about the results of an outcome. So basically, if you're right on the right, you can't talk about it, but everybody else can. That's fucking
17: fantastic.
3: That makes so much sense to me. In a really fucked up, you're a bunch of idiots way. So we're going to close this and go into this is America. This is a lifting challenge to fucking Cuomo. And I thought it was really funny.
23: Mark Lovine here at TigerFitness.com in my home gym. So there's a picture circulating of Chris Cuomo from CNN. chilling at his desk, type in one hand with a hundred pound dumbbell over there. If you are a part of the lifting community or know anybody who is, there's one thing we hate and that's when you fake it, because it makes what we do look insignificant. I'm confident those are fake dumbbells, and I'm also willing to bet Chris Cuomo $1,000 that he can't sit at a desk holding a 100 pound dumbbell, tightly. but I'm gonna demonstrate how heavy that really is. So I am a professional bodybuilder, so I'm gonna start with 50, because I don't want to tear my shoulders off its socket. <coughs> this can work, he can do this, but notice that arms are tense, in his picture, our good on test. So let's try 80 back. So on these awesome power block dumbbells, 80 is green. Take it to green. Everybody see that? It's at green. And I have been known for my shoulder pressing strength throughout my career. You look me up on YouTube. Channel is the tiger fitness. YouTube.com slash the tiger fitness. Ready? Okay. Okay. We're gonna make it as close to Cuomo's weight as possible. Slightly over. One or two and a half is the blue. It's 102 and a half guys. No, give me the strength. <laughs> left hand, he's using his left hand as well. <laughs> oh, that is not. This ain't gonna work. We're gonna try and get it up. Remember, it's easier with two hands, you can lean back. Nope. Nope. Check it out. You can tell something about a person's character when they lie. If you lie about that, how are you gonna be credible on the news? Your fans, the people who follow you, who don't know lifting, don't know how disrespectful this is to the lifting community and how fake this is. They think you're that strong. I challenge you, Chris Cuomo, to a lift off. I'll come to anywhere you are, show you the big, bad bodybuilder on CNN. Come up against a real man. I'm a real man, I'm 40! And I'll see you, Chris Cuomo. Either you step up to the plate, take on my challenge,
20: or you are fake news and that's not again This is America Don't catch your slipping now Don't catch your slipping now Look what I'm whipping up This is America Don't catch your slipping now Don't catch your slipping now
4: It's
21: time for the last cell fight. Like the media Don't say when they
20: up. are pushing and this, yeah, is this is America in twenty nineteen. Hey, I got the
27: No! I've
2: had two abortions. Okay. I don't give a fuck. It's my body. It's my... Oh, no. No and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men. Most of them radicalized, right to the right.
6: All
1: punches are not equal, morally.
11: should honestly be at every college, university, uh, corporation, and school foundationally um, if, if these institutions are truly interested in being anti-racist. Um, if you think about that, that concept, that notion, and I know it's being hotly refuted right now, um, why do you think it's important? And, and what would what would be the ways that you would imagine that universities and colleges would engage the work?
22: Why do I think what is important?
11: Uh, well, I guess, you know, I mean, I guess, I mean, we all know why it's important, but I think what I'm asking, you know, unpack a little bit further maybe is, you know, how do you think that colleges and universities should use this work foundationally? I know that you have partnered with many colleges, universities, high schools, um, but in what what ways do you think that this work should be sort of furthered? I think there is this um, idea out here right now that this is anti-American. Um, And that, um, you know, that this is seeking to reframe a narrative that doesn't need to be reframed. And I think you've done a beautiful job in the work of saying it does need to be framed and here's why. And so I guess, you know, I'd love to hear you speak to that, that concept of those who would both say, I don't know if we even should respond to the critics who say it's anti-American, but if you think we should, um, how do you think colleges, universities, and schools should continue to embrace the work, grapple with it, and make sure that our students around the country and around the world, honestly, learn it.
22: Yeah, so for the anti-American comments, I, I, I feel like people who make those comments have clearly not read the project. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually don't appear to have even read my opening essay, which accidentally became the most patriotic thing I'd ever written. Um, the essay is not saying, you know, F this place, let's burn it down, and let's get the hell out of here. The essay is saying actually we were founded on these amazing and majestic ideals we haven't lived up to them and that black people have loved this country and fought for it even when this country did not deserve it and in fact we are the most american and we should have a right to fly that damn american flag if we want to i don't know anyone um in good faith can interpret that as anti-american but also um if this country, you know, I don't think that we are an exceptional nation. I, I think that that's ludicrous for any nation to make that claim, and, and we certainly cannot make that claim. Um, we're a nation founded on genocide and chattel slavery and classism uh, and gender discrimination. I mean, we're not. We had exceptional ideas, but we are not an exceptional nation. Um, but if you believe that, then your country can certainly withstand scrutiny, um, if you believe that, then you don't have to hide the truth of what happened. Um, so to me, it, it gives up the game that the only way you can maintain this idea of exceptionalism is to ignore the truth of your country. And what that means is that you're actually not an exceptional nation. So, um, you know anti-americanism has been used against black activists black scholars black journalists uh pretty much as long as we have been in this country uh is that our efforts to have our full humanity and full citizenship and to call this country out for its hypocrisies is seen as anti-american and it's always um just been a trope and, and it continues to be so um what was the other part of your question i
11: apologize i I think you. i think you've done a beautiful job and i think you know i think one of the the pieces of this that we are really all struck by is that you know there are all these beautiful stories and their truths that you're telling yet people still question um whether we should be able to tell them and so i think um you've answered i would just wanted to hear your thoughts on why schools should take this up and why can i add something to that yeah sure i also think like it's really important we stated explicitly
22: what our aim was. And we didn't pretend that this was the objective, unbiased, single origin story, single story of America. What we said was that we want you to to imagine what it would mean if we understood 1619 as our founding. If we looked at America through that prism and if we were more honest about who we, we are as a country. And so what I hope that colleges will do um, is used this one um, to lead students to be more critical of what we know, how we know it, how do we get these, uh, the shared national memory, who created it, what's left out, what is the purpose of the history that we've been taught. Um, we know that the history we learn in school is a nationalistic agenda. It's actually not about truth. It's about giving us a shared sense of, of American exceptionalism and American identity. And because of that, you had to downplay um, genocide. You had to downplay what happened with shadow slavery. You had to downplay what happened to most marginalized groups. So it's not even that. I would never argue that uh, professors, and I would never assume professors would, teach this as this is the one and only truth, you should not question what's in this journalistic project. Of course you could. And I think that uh, it can foster brilliant conversations about framing and why did I choose to write certain things the way that I did? Why did we pick the stories that we picked? Um, But more than that, I just hope it will, you know, the the biggest reaction I've gotten is, my God, I never knew this stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I never heard any of this and that should then get you to question so much of what we've been taught and why and what purpose has it served and the opposition I think also should lead us to question that say what are they trying to protect and what has that protection cost us as a country because I would argue that our inability to be honest about who we are is why we have who we have in the White House right now and why we don't know whether we're going to have a fair election this fall or not
11: say that yeah Um, what I really want to hear is your honest opinion about do you think we will ever have a true democracy is it possible and I know some of us might be slightly pessimistic and that's okay I think that's part of interrogating um, what it means to trouble these concepts but I'd love to hear your thoughts about that I feel like each artist and writer and thinker in the 1619 project was trying to interrogate some of this concept and so I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether we could ever have a true democracy
22: Oh, so i I try very hard not to make predictions, um, because I just think it uh, you're, just, you're gonna be wrong. Um, it's impossible to predict, but what I can do is um, make a comment commentary based on what history has shown us. And I think that if you look to history, uh, it doesn't bode well. We have been a country that at our founding, uh, did not believe in democracy. Uh, the majority of people who were in the 13 colonies could not vote and were not intended to vote. Um, it was our revolution, though, you know, even scholars of the period don't want to talk about this, was a revolution of the elite. And um, they, these elite white men did not uh, intend, we are a democratic republic and they didn't intend for us to have democracy, but others of us had, different things in mind. Uh, white men who didn't have property, women, uh, black Americans had other things in mind and we have pushed this country to be a democracy because of that. Um, and one of the, I think the, the kind of um, uh, fairy tales we tell ourselves, and I, I see it all the time and it bothers me to no end, is that the demographic destiny of our country will turn us into a multiracial democracy. But of course, uh, that means you have to ignore the entire South, <laughs> right? You have to ignore the, 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 history, which shows us that as white people start to become a numeric, uh, well, lose the numeric majority, they have always found ways to still hold on to power. That's what we saw in Georgia, right? Uh, with, uh, what happened with the Stacey Abrams election. Uh, that's what we see now with the Electoral College. There haven't been, I think, since, um, I read, I think in the last, 30 or 40 years, there's only been one Republican who's won the office of the presidency with the majority of the vote. They've won through the Electoral College. Um, We're seeing these voter suppression laws being passed as it became clear that you could win the White House without needing a majority of the white vote. So I don't have a lot of faith. I think um, the fact that there's still a chance that uh, an open white nationalist and misogynist um, who probably will, by the time history of Britain, have led the most corrupt administration in the history of this country, that there's still a great chance that he will win the election, speaks to uh, what a segment of white Americans will do to maintain power. Uh, so demographics are not destiny. And uh, I think there's a lot of fear about what happens if white Americans lose the majority, the numeric majority in this country. And it doesn't vote well for democracy. Um, I wish I could think of the study I just read, but it showed that white Americans are actually um, large numbers of white Americans are willing to suspend democratic principles to maintain racial power, and we're we're seeing
11: that. Yeah, I, I would love to hear what you what your thoughts are about what's next for the sixteen nineteen project.
4: Give me some
34: name now. I can't do that.
4: Mac potatoes and chicken. Here, can't do that. Mac potatoes and chicken. Mac potatoes and chicken. I can't. Mac potatoes and, chicken. and, chicken. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. chicken. I'll get fired. you didn't right here. Get out like of here. You're in right here. You're in here. Yes, I do. How you do You ain't cleaning this shit up. I'm driving. What job is in. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm Co- sorry. I need you to get off the counter. Give me some name. I can't give you anything to eat now. Why? Because I can't. You have to, you have to wear a mask. Fuck you. That's okay. Fuck you, you need to wear a mask. Get your business off work. Oh. I have a mask in my office. No, now you're gonna get a shit. Fuck you, Clint. You're gonna get shit. Look at the fucking back there. So fucking disgusting. <laughs> Oh, my God.
27: people right right up there um, walking around with ARs and stuff, arresting these people who were intentionally setting fires. So...
3: The media tries to play like it's all over, but that is BLM harassing people. That is, um, what did I just play? Sorry, I was in a time shift, and I screwed up and put a bunch of stuff there. Let's see what we had. We had three different BLM incidents that you heard. A lot of attacking restaurants, which is really, really big right now. And, of course, the media... Isn't covering it. They're covering Wheeler, and here he is saying that he is forbidden using tear gas. And then I'll play a soundbite: a Clackamas sheriff's arresting people who are starting fires.
35: It's time for everyone to reduce the violence in our community. We all want change. We all have the opportunity and the obligation to create change. We all want to focus on the fundamental issue at hand justice for black people, and all people of color. That's why, as police commissioner, effective immediately and until further notice, I'm directing the Portland Police Bureau to end the use of CS gas for crowd control. I commend the preliminary work that the Oregon State Legislature has done to convene experts to evaluate the use of gas and what safer alternatives may exist that prevent the need for greater force. I commit the city of Portland to full participation in these reforms and encourage the legislature to complete this work as soon as possible. During the last 100 days, Portland, Multnomah County and state police have all relied on CS gas where there is a threat to life safety. We need something different and we need it now. Arson, vandalism and violence are not going to drive the change this community needs. I expect the police to arrest people who engage in criminal acts. I expect the district attorney to prosecute those who commit criminal acts. And I expect the rest of the criminal justice system to hold those individuals accountable. We must stand together as a community against violence and for progress. I call on everyone to step up and tamp down the violence. I'm acting. It's time for others. To join me
27: yeah we were just told by clackamas county sheriff's office that they are arresting people Look, right, there. right up them. there um walking around with ars and stuff arresting these people who were intentionally setting fires so
3: there is zero coverage on this yet every time i go in <clears throat> to my twitter account There's people in California, Southern Oregon saying they're hearing rumors of people dressed like Antifa with press passes, getting out of cars and lighting fires. Because remember, they said, burn it down. And these aren't conservatives. These aren't QAnons. So we still have violence in the street. We still have stupid all over the place. My worst was this, a mob beating a poor black guy Pulling him out of his car, and there's like 20 dudes fucking this guy up.
4: Why are
23: you trying to block me? I'm fucking trying to walk here.
4: I obey traffic signals. You're ah. a fucking
23: snarky little fucking idiot. Shut the fuck up.
4: Try something, bitch. I'm not. I'm not going to punch you. I'm not like
23: your husband. I'm not going to punch you. <clears throat> I'm not like your boyfriend or your top boyfriend who's going to fucking knock you out, so don't worry. My I'm
4: husband gonna touch you. died 9-11. Hey, good for
23: him. Good. Good. Those NYPD N- N- s- were a bunch s- of fucking s- sodomizing, s- fucking sodomizing immigrants with their bully sticks. So yeah, your fucking, your husband she probably more. fucking should rot in the grave.
3: I'm sorry, that was a different one. I already played the guy getting beat up. That is just some random people fucking with a poor person who's standing on the street and made the mistake of wearing a American flag shirt. Like I said before. Been to New York once in Brooklyn. Said hello to somebody. They told me to go fuck myself. Not a place I really care about. Time magazine writer says kneeling not enough for woke athletes. They just need to quit playing. MIT Technology Review gaslights conservatives for concern over riots. Conservative journalists who post videos of riots are the problem, not the riots. That's the word from Harvard Kennedy Prominent Shorenstein Center. Joan Donovan, <clears throat> I'm a fat person, I'm not very attractive, so I'm going to say this with no lack of intellectual honesty that a lot of people say it about me, she looks like a prize pig at the fair. She's the fattest, ugliest bitch I've ever seen. My wife says this a lot, and I think there's truth to it. When you go to Andy NGO or anybody else's site and you look at the people getting arrested, these were the losers that nobody liked it liked. The rejects. They're the ones tearing the country down because they don't like it, because everybody doesn't want to be their friend. They haven't got over teenage angst. They still live it. And it's pathetic. Joan Donovan, Director of Technology and Social Change Research Project at the Center, blamed conservatives for being the real problem America modern violence. Her step, September 3rd op-ed ran in the MIT Technology, Technology Review, specifically targeting right-wing adversarial media makers like Elijah Schaefer and Angie NDO. Her piece, How an Overload of Riot Porn is Driving Conflict in the Streets. Machine to spread a narrative of lawless rioting. And I won't read anything else. Yeah, you go fuck yourself. Washington Post, Trump law and order rhetoric, just like Southern enslavers. Yeah. That's a new uh, talking point. That it's actually uh, going back and getting slaves that ran away. So Trump's being the ever salesman he is. North Carolina rally hands out peaceful protester signs. (laughs) Then uh, there's this speaker, this picture in a little girl's kindergarten. Black Lives Matter. This is in the front of the school as you walk in. Women's rights are human rights. No human is illegal. Science is real. Love is love. Kindness is everything in a grade school. Just remember that, grade school. They think, hey, I'm in a group of people that's not very popular. When you literally start breaking down the statistics and get real normals in there, everything they're for is not what we're for. So we got to brainwash. Then, Mark Hemingway from Andy NGO. Christina Nargan was arrested at the Portland Antifa riot where firebombs are thrown at people. She's the legislative director for the Oregon Democratic Speaker of the House, Tina Kotek. Kotek recently denounced Portland police in a letter. RBE pundit. I said it months ago. The reason Democrats can't denounce Antifa is because they're Antifa. Alyssa Milano calls for GOP to be tried for treason. Washington man arrested in arson near Up was caught on Highway Live streaming and on Facebook. <clears throat> we played the Clackamas. So once again I say, I'm not a Anon, dude, a Anon but let's break it down how much of these are have been set by Antifa, BLM? How many? Then we have the post millennial who's the only one covering it. <clears throat> Portland woman accused of rioting faces both local and federal. And the latest example of federal authorities ramping up efforts to hold Portland rioters accountable. 29 year old woman was arrested and federally charged for allegedly punching a Portland cop in the face. Laurel E. Yvette Avilas. Problem is, it's a dude. It's a fucking dude. What? And the fucking fuck. It's not remotely even a woman. And then, as I alluded in, Professor, nothing wrong with murder of Trump supporters from a moral perspective. University of Rhode Island professor Eric Loomis appeared to defend the murder of Aaron J. Danielson, the member of the right-wing group Patriot Prayer, during recent unrest in Portland. In 2012, Loomis came under scrutiny after he called the NRA executive Wayne Pierre head on a stick following the shooting massacre of Sandy Hook. Just weeks later in January, Loomis said, I knew the central mission of the Republican Party is to have a membership made up entirely of old rural white people. Now Loomis is once again under fire for publishing a blog post titled, Why Was Michael Reinhold Killed? Reinhold is the man suspected of fatally shooting Danielson. Reinhold was killed as federal authorities tried to arrest him. Michael Reinhold is a guy who killed the fascists in Portland last week. He admitted it and said he was scared the cops would kill him. Well, now the cops did. I am extremely anti-conspiracy theory, but it's not a conspiracy theory at this point in time. To wonder if the cops simply murdered him. It's on video. It shows him get out with an AR, which you say are death machines. Okay. The police is shot through with fascists from stem to stern. They were openly working with the fascists of Portland as they were in Kenosha, which led to dead protesters. Loomis continued. In the comments section of the blog post, one reader challenged Loomis by writing, Eric, he shot and killed a guy. Loomis responded, he killed a fascist. I see nothing wrong with it, at least from a moral perspective. And that's why I keep the Cuomo comment. This guy also says, Yeah, I mean, once Republicans figured out COVID was going to affect people of color and poor disproportionately, they stop caring about doing anything about it. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes that makes sense. To the Detroit police chief that had played in racist. Democrats are driving American police chiefs out of their jobs. Andy McCarthy writes a little article for Wall Street Journal. Black cops don't matter. Rashida Tlaib. Stop beating and assaulting protesters. That's how she responds to it. Because it doesn't look good now, does it? Seattle, gone. First Dallas female, black, gone. Detroit, leaving. Rochester, black, gone. They're all gone. All of them. And then we get Wajit Ali. And... This was going to be our tweet of the day. Pretty much sums up our media. How about the blue states stop subsidizing red states, by the way? I don't think this should happen. It was a comment on a callousness which made Trump and Mango want to abandon blue states, forgetting we're all part of the U.S. And many blue states' economies actually help those who want to own the libs. Problem is, that's what the left believes. When the inverse is true. None of these little comments and studies and everything take in effect sanctuary cities where you and I are paying money for illegal people to be here. But facts are not first in all of this. I mean, we'd say it every podcast. Black people are not dying by the cops. They're dying by blacks. But, you know, why say it? found another video that I think is really important because this is a white person but the next time you think cops are pieces of fucking shit if you're a liberal out there in Mountain View, California, thanks for listening I always see you, you're always listening I don't know who you are, I wish you did send me an email at FOP Podcast you've been a long time listener because I always see Mountain View, California and I don't think you're a liberal because you're still listening But this is what they have to put up with every day from not just African-Americans, but anybody left of center. Tell me you could put up with this. I'll is tell it, you what.
11: Is it? I'm just asking because you're being pretty forceful about it, and I'd like to know the truth. Is that a law? There's,
3: your, drive, there's your driver.
25: There's your driver's license, man. Answer that
11: for me, Officer what being
25: What you're being cited for is Are texting you not while driving today, man. I'm going to give you a copy of the law today. You're not going to answer understand. my question
11: about the law.
25: What is your question again? Is
11: this illegal you're to right, have right, my door right,
25: open? It depends on my my feeling of safety, and you've been very aggressive for absolutely no well, reason. Come on, bro. You, you have me a, over a I'm not your bro. Okay. I
11: don't care, I'm gonna call you what I want.
25: Your small child is dependent on you And their life is in danger. Their their life is in danger because of what you're doing. You're endangering all our lives today, and that's why you're being cited. You're making an assumption
11: that I was texting when I'm using voice.
25: Well, ma'am, you can go to court on the 19th,
11: nine o'clock in the morning, and I would love to play this
25: for the judge. This would be absolutely outstanding. This would be entertaining for the judge. You can go on the 19th at nine o'clock in the morning. This address, courtroom 1B, to plead not guilty in front of a judge. Sure. Your second option, you can actually pay for it in person downtown.
11: Oh. Butterfingers, <coughs> making us all unsafe on the road.
25: I'll tell you what, you know what?
11: Are you going to stop the traffic? I'm going to go ahead and give
25: you letter. a copy of the law today. I don't even need you to sign this, I'll go ahead and can say you do, unwilling. No, 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 don't
11: do that in my car, please. Excuse me, that's my property. Do not do this on my property.
25: Unwilling. Do you have any questions for me today, ma'am?
11: Okay. <sighs> There you go. Are you gonna stop the traffic so I can take a okay, left don't out want of here? It?
25: Not a chance. Why? Do you have you, any other you questions? Ma'am? This, and you
11: know, have my, a great day, man. You ma'am. know my daughter just had
25: an accident? Well at least she's uh, alive today because oh, because okay, of me. Be a douche bag? You're a douche bag. I'm a douchebag. Your honor, I'm a douchebag. Driving. What's that? She
4: was still texting and driving. When you yeah, I know. Over. Yeah, I know.
25: She's still texting and I'm the douchebag and she's got a, she's got about a two-year-old in the back seat yeah, that she's
3: won. Yeah.
4: Jesus, she got caught.
3: Yeah. Right. I couldn't do it. There's no fucking way. And then as promised our positive of the day, here is Faulkner from Fox. Remember who we are. This year, It feels like even more than
28: ever before. We need this day as sorrowful as it is to remind us of the unity of America, of the togetherness that's possible. I don't know, what are your thoughts on that?
34: You know, that's exactly where I live today. I I always say every year, and in this 19th year, I'll I'll sit very quietly in my family room. You know, the kids are in school. I'll just sit there and I'll I'll watch just a little bit of the coverage. And I'm there for hours. And I sat and I watched and when they got to the later C's, I said, okay, they're about to get to the D's and the name reading. And my uncle Eddie Dillard goes by. And I have now watched enough. I know all the names around his. I've met people at the memorial who etched the names. You see how they're in the, the, the granite, the stuff. Some people are doing it right now. They're leaving items there, but they're also taking pieces of paper and etching their loved one's names. I have one hanging in my home. That connective tissue that we all felt when this happened is what we need to remind ourselves of right now as we bicker and fight and divide ourselves further. We promised we would never forget. And part of never forgetting, Melissa, is remembering who we are in those big moments. It's not just about never forget those who lost, which is so critical. And I love hearing Ari Fleischer talk about the back scene of what was going on with those who were tasked with protecting the rest of us because we didn't know what was happening next or anywhere in America, we didn't know. But the brain trust and the big hearts and the big vision that was there, and Ari, you were part of that to communicate it to the world what was next for us as Americans. We learn about that, but we have our role individually. We're supposed to remain intact and resilient and believe that we will be better no matter what the circumstances. And I challenge people today, when you say you will never forget, remember that. Mania kind of
3: forgets it. I I think, you know, she's right. It's a beautiful sentiment that she said. I'm not disparaging her. Um, it it, It was a very nice speech, but it only lasted a month. The left instantly started using it and blaming Trump to cover and project over. Their failures are not arresting bin Laden when they had the chance. And let's be honest, it didn't stop since then. They have not stopped. They're ugly people. I mean, you look at this entire show from soup to nuts. They hate America. They hate orange men and conservatives so bad, they will spin anything to try to get Biden elected, even child pornography. I mean, really think about it. It's a right-wing problem that you don't like a coming-of-age twerking show for 11-year-olds. How fucking ideologically bent do you have to be? And I think that's the difference. There was a lady on, and I'd like to to end on it. It was on Twitter, an African-American, and she said, I used to be a liberal. Have I changed or have the Democrats changed? And we got in a conversation. And, and I think back to my youth. I was liberal. I was raised by a quasi-liberal mother. I mean, we were pretty left to center. And I think it started with Clinton for a lot of us. A guy who made oral sex, not sex, for our kids. And that was the first time as an adult I stopped and went, whoa, 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 whoa. This is weird. And then I saw that girls were having anal sex because that wasn't sex. And our moral decline started to change. The hypocrisy started to happen. I started to pay attention to the media, support a party and disparage another party. Only back Democrats... Score eight Republicans, you get through the Clinton era, and now they stand for some crazy ass shit. It's beyond the pale, and there's no bottom for them. And she agreed with me. It's too far. Uh, the right never went this far with christianity they didn't force people to be christians on social media and in our community if you're not a liberal you're going to fucking pay for an opinion in my lifetime racism was when you did something to another person be it vocally or physically, because of their orientation, race, gender, whatever the fuck. Prejudice was the belief you had that all black people are thugs. Just as an example. Now just having an opinion that we don't need to do the Green New Deal makes you a racist. Not wanting to abort babies in third trimester? Racist. Because the left has taken it too far. To win the argument by shutting everybody down, everything's linked to racism, and racism is just a belief. Yes, and we we'll be showing the show. They're the most racist motherfuckers there are, believing that only white people have electricity and a coal electricity and drive cars. I mean, you're literally saying people of color are the only people affected by climate change. Well, in the same sentence, you're saying the fires are caused by it. I don't think only black people live in Oregon, especially southern Oregon and eastern Oregon. I'm just throwing it out there. But that's how far they've taken it to win the argument because their ideas are so fucking fringe. The only way they win is scaring people of color to vote and young kids that if you vote for these people, they're going to fuck you. And oh, by the way, we'll give you free college. And that's why we spin. And I know this is exceptionally long and it covered 10,000 things. That's just since Wednesday. All of this is due to the fact they know they're not getting the people of color. And kids are not fired up for another 80-year-old fucking crusty bastard. The Don Lemon soundbite is what they believe will always happen. Well, unless you could find another very articulate for a black person comments that the left said, including Biden, to run for president, you're not going to fire up the youth. They're too busy burning down your streets. <clears throat> and I missed a comment, uh, two things to point out on the climate. I got the new Nancy Pelosi, mother nature is mad And in the montage of violence was Mitch McConnell getting protested at his fucking house. For not getting the stimulus through. That's how butt blind these people in the streets are. They are so uneducated, uninformed. But you're going to hear Chuck Todd say it's you people that don't want to give up Trump. And vote for Biden and give up your guns and federally fund abortion and have no goddamn borders and make everybody legal and have no police and have no ICE. You're an uneducated fuck. If somebody would have fucking protested at a Democrat's fucking house over a measure that was blocked by Republicans, you know what would have happened? It'd be front page news. But it's not. Because from here until the election, as the great great Gutfeld said, there'll be no negative. We will spin whatever the fuck we can. Because it's not working. Their inlays are showing them when they strip away the left tilt to their pole, things are bad in Mudville. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Over Politics Podcast. Please share this with your family and friends. Send comments to FOP,POD,CASD at gmail.com. Foppodcast gmail.com. Mountain View, California. Send me an email, dude. Or dudette. You can get this show on SoundCloud, Pocket Satic, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Down, and PocketCast. Check out the Twitter account at FOP, Tony Reed. Our next show will be 16 September, Year of Our Lord 2020. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeah. Spend some time with your family. If you're in the fire zone, please be safe. And tune back in Wednesday for another show. We're going to end as we always do with a montage of violent damn rhetoric. I'll play it every show until we end. As always, my friends, thanks for listening. I just
18: don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator.
21: You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of
1: the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful
0: do something about your dad's immigration practices you feckless
2: when they go
34: low, we how do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck the
2: biggest terror threat in this country is white men most of them radicalized right up to the right
28: i thought he should have punched him in the face even if you lost he insulted your wife yes. he came down the escalator and called mexicans rapists emerge he said well what do you think i should have done i said i think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race
6: you he would have been a hero I'd like to punch him in the face. I said if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him.
4: Punch some people in the face!
6: When was the last time an actor assassinated a president?
2: They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump,
29: and that's a fact.
4: Look as his character is stabbed to death. Right. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought And you just back on them
18: and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take
32: note of that on both levels. That this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not.
4: If you think we're right or now, right, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs>
34: And part of the challenge we have as a nation is that a significant swath of Americans still support Donald Trump. They support his vision of America, and that is rooted in racism. It is rooted in a desire for power at the expense of everyone who is black and brown. And so what we have in this problem is a a spiritual kind of tyranny of the worst impulses, uh, you know, as uh, Dr. Meacham said, um, you you know, sort of weaponizing narcissism.
5: That will send a
35: shockwave through this country. And Donald Trump may not accept the results, but who gives a shit? because the rest of the country will be forced to. I'm at the point
30: where I'm ready to put these police to the fucking grave. I'm at the point where I want to burn the
33: fucking White House down. I want to take it to the Senate.
30: I want to take it to the Congress. I want to take the fight to them. And at the end of the day, if they ain't going to hear us, we burn them the fuck down.
4: Thank you, you, got the ball. got the ball. can
21: Thank you for listening to flyover politic podcast please check out our facebook page at fop podcast and twitter account at fop tony reed remember it's a short ride makes every day count